Hello, retro gamers, and welcome to the Video Game Flashback Podcast. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Video Game Flashback is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and I especially encourage you to use Spotify, because now Anchor is now Spotify for podcasters, so the more you can listen on that one, the more this show can grow. It's the only way to particularly get ads, at least via via this Spotify for podcasters uh, website and app and all that stuff that I use to actually put this show onto the internet. Obviously, it's completely all up to you which app you prefer, but if you want to help the show grow, Spotify is the way to go. <laughs> so we've done, Zelda, uh, we've done Zelda Link to the Past. We've done Secret of Evermore, a couple of massive projects. We've done some small ones like... You know, uh, a tiny one to start things out with, like Combat, Spy Hunter, that was a fun one. Medium-sized ones, I'd call them on the NES, like um, Mega Man 2, DuckTales. Mega Man 2 is a little bit on the bigger side, but it's been a lot of fun doing this show so far. We're 12 episodes in now, per se. Uh, Obviously, Zelda 2 had three (laughs) parts, but it still counted as one episode, in a sense. Uh, Secret of Evermore had two parts, counted as one episode. Now, we'll see where this one goes. Zelda 2 is what we're going to talk about next on the NES. Zelda 2. Not Zelda 1, but of course we didn't start with Zelda 1 either. We started with Zelda Link to the Past. So now here we are with Zelda 2, which is a game I tend to play around this time of year. Yes, I'm goofy. Um, There's two different versions of Zelda 2. Of course, there's the American version and originally the Famicom version. They are slightly different. The level building... uh, program is definitely different. The level building system, so to speak, it's a little bit easier to level build in the Famicom version. It's a little bit faster, especially as you get further and further in the game, um, where it just, you know, it doesn't require as many experience points and such. And also, again, you can, at at the end of the game, you don't have to have like 9,000 experience points just to get an extra life, so to speak, other than finding the little uh, Link dolls throughout the game, which again, as the angry video game nerd would say, save those bleepers up. (laughs) Yes, save them up only till you get to the end of the game. Don't even touch them until you get to the end of the game when it's the Grand Palace, because you're going to want every single one of them, particularly in the American version. But you can also build up, again, in the forest. And we'll, we'll talk about it later on. But, like, in the kind of the foresty area or, like, swampy-ish kind of tall grass area, you could say, where you get these, uh, you know, these spider-like creatures. Tektites is pretty much what they are. You kill them with fire, so to speak. And, um, yeah, it's the, the rules are slightly different in the two games. The music is definitely better in the American version, but the Famicom version, is it's cool. It's a nice way to go as well. Of course, it came out with multiple releases, but let's start with the beginning. It's an action role-playing game, of course. Now, sourcing from Wikipedia is always a nice way to go. Platforming developments by Nintendo. It's the second installment of the Legend of Zelda series and was released in Japan for the Famicom Disk system. Not the Famicom necessarily, but the Disk. So it comes with, obviously, so there's a Disk version. And, yeah, it takes a little longer to load at the beginning. And when you play it on the Famicom Mini, which is what I often do, again, I'm going to probably go with the American version because that's the one most of you grew up with. That's the one that's most accessible. But I suppose the Famicom version's out there. I have the Famicom Mini and the NES Mini, so I have both versions now, which is really cool. I feel very privileged to have it in a big way. I was able to get the Famicom Mini actually before the NES Mini because it was slightly less rare at the time, slightly less hard to get about three, four years ago now, four years ago now, four or five years ago. It's been a while. But, um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to play the Japanese version. Again, the music is definitely inferior. Um, but that one came out on January 14th, 1987. 
Yes, than a, uh, less than a year after the release, uh, seven months or so to speak, before the North American reach of the original release of the original Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2 was released in North America and the PAL region for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Of course, again, that's the one a lot of us are used to, the box deck thing, in late 1988, almost two years after the initial release in Japan. So it took a long time to get here. Um, games like Dragon Warrior 1 took three years to get here. Yeah, and that will definitely be on the docket. Maybe that'll be the next review. We'll see. Maybe. But it will be on the docket. Um, Final Fantasy. How long did that one take? Three years. 1987 all the way up to 1990. Ridiculous how long that took. And then that threw everything out of whack. And we'll talk about that someday. And of course, we're going to review uh, Final Fantasy 1. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Final Fantasy Adventure or Sagan Densetsu, so to speak, if I'm saying it correctly. That's a game I often play around this time of year as well. So much fun, and yeah, we'll, we'll do a review on that one maybe in a year. That's my guess. But again, came out in 1988 in the United States. <laughs> um, Nintendo R&D, that's the developer. Nintendo R&D 4, publishers, Nintendo directors. Tadashi Sugiyama, uh, that's the director, and um, Yasuhisa Yamamura, obviously massive, massive names there. Producer Seguro Mayamoto. Gee, I'd never heard of that guy, right? <laughs> no, yeah, that's a huge name. Um, not, not always easy to pronounce, but it is what it is. <laughs> Designers Kazunubo Shimizo. Yep. <laughs> Writers Takashi Tezuka and composer Akito Nakatsuka. Yep. Uh, series Legend of Zelda, of course. Famicom Di- Disk System, Nintendo Entertainment System, the GameCube. Yep, I remember it came out on the GameCube. Uh, yep, came out on the GameCube. I actually beat it on there once, the Game Boy Advance. I don't remember if I beat it on that. And I also have it on Game & Watch. Game & Watch. And believe it or not, the Game & Watch, like not the original one from the back in the day, from the 80s, but the, uh, the one that came out with not too long ago that has the little, you know, it's, yeah, it's a very fun little thing. But it has um, Zelda. This this thing is fantastic, actually, when you consider its value. It's got the um, American and Japanese version of Zelda 1. It's got the American and Japanese, like the Famicom Disc version of Zelda 2. It's got Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening in English, in Francais, in Dutch, and in Japan and in Japanese. And then, of course, it has the, this Game & Watch game on it and timer. It doesn't have the Zelda Game & Watch game on it, which is kind of funny. But this is a very worthy investment, as far as I'm concerned. You can get it for about 40 bucks on Amazon nowadays, so there I am selling that, I guess. But, well, I mean, it's really nice to have. That's another version now that uh, they're actually not showing on here, but I figured I'd mention it. Maybe they... Nope, they don't show it on here. Re-releases, yeah, of course, there's been many of them. But... Um, Famicom Disk System, as we said before, January 14th, 1987. NES, the PAL version, came out September 26, 1988, and we got it on December 1st, 1988. Jeez. Wow, that's a lot later. What the heck is that? Okay, and here's the other re-releases. Cool. So GameCube on the PAL version, they got it first. What the heck? The PAL version got it first, huh? November 14th, 2003. North America, November 17th, 2003. Japan, April 1st, 2004. Okay, anyhow, that's kind of unusual. Game Boy Advance version, Japanese, August 10th, 2004. North America, October 25th, 2004. PAL version, January 7th, 2005. It is a single-player a single action role-playing platform, and of course, side-scrolling platform, which is pretty much the only version of Zelda that you will get this way. 
Um, you go from the bird's eye view of Zelda 1 and eventually Link to the Past and all that. This one is a side-scrolling platformer a la Castlevania. I would say it's very similar to Castlevania in a lot of ways. Similar to it. Um, kind of like, well, I can't compare it to Mega Man. Even though you like to see it's like sometimes the uh, when you're full power, just like Zelda 1 and Link to the Past and others. You're full power, the sword shoots out, so to speak. It shoots out like a sword. The sword, the sword shoots out a magic sword or whatever the heck you'd call that. And this one, it's the same thing. It kind of looks like a small, almost looks like like a long knife more than a sword in Zelda 2. But again, in action RPG style, you do gain levels when you damage monsters, this and that. The little, you know, destroy monsters, the little slimes, the blue slimes, the red slimes are the weakest. The blue slimes jump around. They're a little more dangerous. And we'll talk about all the different monsters throughout the game. The speared, you know, like... Um, goblins and such so it's um and obviously a very entertaining game uh there's also some interesting little kind of easter egg type items in the game and i'll talk about it as we get there i'm not going to mention them all right now here in the introduction i mean because that just kind of spoils the game it's more fun to do it as we're talking about it throughout the game but again there is an interesting easter egg easter egg type of item later in the game which makes you feel that zelda 2 has got a much larger world than zelda 1 hint 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 some of you old timers that remember that old timers like me uh and such um but obviously a very very enjoyable game you still got spectacle rock you got death mountain and all that um you go all the way from a palace called the parappa palace so it's like a paper palace paper Hmm, paper is, uh, Paraba is paper, right? So that's interesting. That's Japanese for you. That's about as much Japanese as I know. Um, other than Aisha Masu, I guess that means I love you. So, <laughs> yeah, that's very romantic, isn't it? Um, according to the story, though, of course, Zelda has been put to sleep by a spell from Ganon. So she's, you know, in a spell, so to speak. She's knocked out kind of like Sleeping Beauty or something like that. And the monsters, so to speak, throughout the game try to uh, have to kill Link and sprinkle his blood on Ganon's ashes to bring Ganon back again. Ganon returns. So that's kind of the storyline here. And in a lot of ways, during out the uh, throughout the timelines of The Legend of Zelda, a lot of us pretty much would uh, lead you to believe this is the latest of all of them. Like, this is the latest date, so to speak. Like, Link to the Past is actually before Zelda 1. Like, it's quite a bit before, so to speak. Um, and then you have Ocarina of Time, which is even further in the past. That's actually the... You know, that's like the prequel to A Link to the Past, interestingly, so to speak. So I'm not going to try to get too deep into the timeline, necessarily. But this one is actually like the furthest along. Kind of like Zelda, uh, Castlevania 2 was pretty much the furthest along for Castlevania for quite a while. Because it often went in the past. Like there was, you know, Simon Belmont. And then, you know, Simon's Simon's Quest. That's kind of what this is, in a way. But, <laughs> and, and in a sense, it's opposite. In, in a sense, as well. Where you're trying to reassemble... The parts of uh, Dracula and destroy him, which is weird. Kind of weird, but it makes sense because it's like a curse where this one, again, there's a curse that puts Zelda to sleep, but um, I thought you were just supposed to go up there and kiss her. Uh, no, probably not in the cartoon. She'd kill him, but uh, <laughs> but in, in this one, it's basically the monster is trying to uh, basically kill Link and sprinkle the ashes on Ganon. Otherwise, you restore Zelda back again by acquiring the Triforce of Wisdom. Well, not Wisdom, the Triforce of Courage, where that's the first time in Zelda where you get the third Triforce, the uh, the Max Force, I believe as they call it, where there's three Triforces. In Zelda 1, there's the Triforce of Wisdom. You're trying to re-assemble you know, it. Uh, Ganon has the Triforce of Power. 
like Zelda split up the Triforce of Wisdom into eight parts, and you go to the different levels. And obviously, we're going to get to that one. Triforce of Power, the Ganon had stolen it. Ganon had stolen it anyway. And in this one, you're trying to find the Triforce of Courage. That one kind of gets everything back going again. Once you get that, that can awaken Zelda. And then you have the Max Force, as they call it. It's three, and that's where in a lot of Zelda games, after this, well, pretty much all of them, you see three Triforces. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's a it's a big triangle. It forms one big giant triangle with three triangles. So cool. <laughs> Triforce of courage, power, and wisdom. Ooh. So it's a real super duper Triforce, the Max Force, and all that. Um, several years after the, what do they mean? So uh, according to the plot in here in Wikipedia, they say several years after the events of Legend of Zelda. Was it really several years? The now sixteen year old Link notices. A strange mark on the back of his hand, exactly like the crest of Hyrule. Hmm. He seeks out Impa, who takes him to the North Castle, where a door has been magically sealed for generations. Impa places the back of Link's hand on the door, and it opens, revealing a sleeping maiden. Impa tells Link that the maiden is Zelda. Okay, so it's a different... So it is different. It's not the same Zelda. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I apologize. Um, interesting. Not Zelda from the first game. The Princess of Hyrule from long ago and the origin of that titular Legend of Zelda. Zelda's brother tried to force her into telling her recently deceased father's secrets concerning the Triforce. Princess Zelda refused to reveal its location and the Prince's wizard... Uh, Prince's wizard friend in anger tried to strike her down with a spell. Zelda fell under a powerful sleeping spell, but the wizard was unable to control the wildly arcing magic and was killed by it. Hmm. Okay. Well, kind of like how you can kill wizards by deflecting the power back at him. <laughs> the prince fled with remorse and unable to reverse the spell, had his sister placed in the castle tower, hoping she would one day be awakened. He decreed that the princess born to the royal family from that point, would be named Zelda in remembrance of this tragedy. Interesting story. Hmm. Interesting story. Uh, it continues, Impa says that the mark on, Z on Link's hand means that he is the hero chosen to awaken Zelda. She gives Link a chest containing six crystals. Yep, those are the crystals that, yeah, in the, in the yep, six crystals and, and ancient writings that only a great future king of Hyrule can read. Link finds that he can read the document even though he has never seen the language before. Ooh. It indicates that the crystals must be set into statues with six palaces scattered across Hyrule. Yep, see, those are the six palaces you go to, and that explains the reason for the crystals. This will open the way to the Great Palace, yep, which contains the Triforce of Courage. Only the power of the combined Triforces can awaken Zelda. Taking the crystals, Link sets out to restore them to their places. Meanwhile, Ganon's followers seek to kill Link. Yep, as, yep, see, there it is. As sprinkling his blood on Ganon's ashes will bring Ganon back to life. So that's why every time you die, there's the ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. You know, that classic Nintendo laugh. And it says, the return of Ganon. Yep. Anyway, ultimately, Link restores the crystals to the six palaces and enters the Great Palace. Upon venturing deep inside, Link battles the last of the Guardians, a flying creature known as Thunderbird. Whew, yeah, he's not easy. <laughs> Afterwards, his true heart is tested by fighting his own shadow, a.k.a. doppelganger, Dark Link. 
Link then claims the Triforce of Courage and returns to Zelda. The three triangles unite into the Triforce, and Link's wish awakens Zelda. So that is your plot. That is your storyline. And well done, Wikipedia, with that. And I got the story messed up a little bit with how, basically, the origins of Zelda 2. So it's actually several years after Legend of Zelda. Interesting. Yep, and it's confusing because you think Zelda and Link, Zelda and Link, Zelda and Link. But really, yeah, it kind of is what it is. Zelda, Link, and Ganon, but obviously they can't just do the same thing over and over and over again. So they're interesting story, though, about uh, how th- this this Zelda was put to sleep. Very, very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. The wizard was unable to control the wildly arcing magic and was killed by it. Though this is probably in the... Uh, the manual. I used to have the manual a long, long, long time ago, and I apologize. <laughs> so I'm not like Mr. Like have everything here in front of me necessarily, but of course Wikipedia to the rescue, and thank you very much Wikipedia. <laughs> it kind of is what it is when it comes to that, but in a game I've played many times, I've beaten many times, and I'm very proud to say I've beaten Zelda 2. There was a time back in the day where like you can beat Zelda 2, you're one of the elite gamers out there. So it was an amazing feeling the first time I beat him. Um, there's obviously, well, not obviously, there is a trick. The Angry Video Gamer shows it without without admitting that it was a trick <laughs> in the Power Glove video where you just kind of go to the left side, duck down, and, you know, poke away with your sword, and the shadow will just kind of, you know, the shadow can't do anything. When he comes to attack you, he's defenseless, and you beat the hell out of him until he's dead, but um, and you win the game. But who wants to do that? That's too easy. Beat him, beat him like head on, beat him head on, one on one. I think that's a better way to go. It feels better than just kind of cheating, even though maybe you're bored and you want to just win the dang game. You're tired of losing. So you can do that if you want to, but we'll get to that and we'll cross that bridge when we get there, that type of thing. But an interesting, interesting storyline. I always kind of saw it as a Castlevania 2 type thing where, yeah, like I already talked about it, but yeah, you're kind of, it's like afterwards, the aftermath of the first game, and it is the aftermath, but it's way, way, way afterward, apparently, because several years and 16-year-olds don't mix. Several year differences, and he's only 16, doesn't make any sense, but um, his overall age does make sense, and (laughs) it's funny, though, when you consider, like, games like, you know, N64 on, how they kind of, I swear, they wussified video game characters on the N64 era into the GameCube and really all the way up to today with Nintendo games where Mario's like, it's a me, Mario, instead of like more of a Brooklynite. Hey, I'm Mario. I like that way better. Just like in the uh, the cartoon for Zelda, he sounds more like Michelangelo. Link sounds more like Michelangelo, honestly, instead of like, yeah, you know, I mean, he shouldn't sound like a little kid. Do do 16-year-olds sound like that? So I, I don't know, like maybe... Yeah, uh, it's not good. 16-year-olds aren't supposed to sound like that. Um, He's like, excuse me, princess. He's supposed to sound like Michelangelo or something from the Turtles or like Leonardo or something. Not like, I don't know, like your eight-year-old neighbor playing with a little plastic sword in the backyard. Yeah, it's kind of silly, kind of funny. But I don't know. I guess they want to make it more appealing to children because... Because because being a little kid and killing a big giant like super monster is cool, man. No, but it makes no damn sense at the end of the day. Um, but really looking forward to this one. I hope you are as well. Uh, I will stop babbling now. It's been a very long introduction, but 
it's an interesting game. Interesting game, interesting storyline, and get ready for a challenge, because this one ain't easy. Legend of Zelda 2 is right around the corner. Zelda 2. We get to the title screen and then we start to be able to read a little storyline that they try to give us from their form. After Ganon was destroyed, Impa told Link a sleeping spell was cast on Princess Zelda. She will wake only with the power of the third Triforce sealed in a palace in Hyrule. To break the seal, crystals must be placed in statues in six well-guarded palaces. Link set out on his most adventurous quest yet. 1987 Nintendo. So in this version, in the actual American version of Zelda 2, sounds a little different than the story I just read, doesn't it, er earlier? Where it's kind of like a Castlevania 2 effect, where it's like just after you destroyed Ganon, Ganon cast a spell that put Zelda to sleep. So that's why I was kind of stuck in that point of view, because that's the story I always knew. Instead, the Wikipedia story sounds like this is several years after. I don't know. You take your own guess. But we're going to do the American version. Uh, the Japanese version, you could argue is better in terms of, again, like I was saying earlier, the level building system is more fluent and you can get more extra lives later in the game. Of course, because when your levels are maxed out, you gain lives rather than gain, you know, strength, um, basically strength, magic, or life. Life is kind of a combination of like, basically it's more defense, basically. Simple as that, like you have more, yeah. You have more stamina, more defense, all that good stuff. And of course, there's several items in the game where you can increase your total magic, like magic containers. And of course, your um, uh, life bar grows as well. So there's that. You open up the game in that tower or whatever it is. It doesn't really look like a tower, does it? It's kind of like a temple, so to speak, or a little castle or whatever, where Zelda is laying there like Sleeping Beauty in between two torches and all that. And... Uh, you notice that there's numbers up in the top or top of the screen, the upper right-hand corner, 0000 and 0050. Well, and then it says next. So that's when you gain levels, of course. When you get to 50, you can gain your first level.
walked out on the uh, overworld off of the road. Not on the road, but off of the road. You'll notice like objects, like kind of cookie cutout objects. I guess that's what the AVGN called them. One is shaped like a slime, or two of them maybe. And uh, another one's shaped more like, kind of like a goblin or demon-like figure or the Mothman or whatever you want to call it. That's That symbolizes, see, the, the, <laughs> the slime-like characters symbolize the weaker option and the meaner looking character features the stronger option of monsters in this particular part of the game and of course as you get into di uh, different sections the monsters are stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger um you have walking goblins that just kind of have the spear they give you zero experience which is really annoying and they just repeat 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 you'll run into stuff like this throughout the game where stuff repeats just get off the screen once you wipe them out and all that um and of course if you get hit by a monster when you're on the road there's nothing there. So that's a way to kind of escape, say maybe your powers are low, your, your defense is low, your life is low, or you just don't want to deal with it, just leave me alone. So basically what you want to do when you start off the game is head towards the town that is basically kind of to the right of the opening screen. You get to the little sign. I always thought it was a mailbox when I was little, but I guess it's a sign. Welcome to Rauro. And that's one of the other reasons why I, uh, Ru, sorry, why <laughs> I want to play the American version because I can actually read what's being said rather than Japanese symbols. Um, you can go in houses by just pressing up. Uh, the big guy in one of the rooms says, if all else fails, use fire. So there's all kinds of little hints you can find and there's a bunch of worthless stuff. Oftentimes you get the lady in the red dress that's walking around a house. There's at least one of those in every town and there's all kinds of, uh, you know, urban legends as to what happens here you talk to her she says please let me help you come inside and then you go inside the house with her and of course you go in by pressing up otherwise you can ignore it she says i can restore your life and you never see what's going on in there there's all kinds of uh urban legends as to you're doing stuff in there with her um i i don't know i guess uh it's funny and everything but i don't believe that because there's the, well, other than this town, the first town in the level, in the game, so to speak, there's a lady wearing kind of that orange color, which is like symbolizing magic. You go in there and she gives you magic. I don't think you're doing that with her. So that's why, that's where I think that might defunct that rumor that uh, Link is doing things, doing premarital uh, activities with uh, the lady in the red dress. Um, it's a cute and funny rumor and everything, but uh, I don't think he's doing that with the old lady to get magic. So, uh, I don't know. I guess she's giving you some kind of potion or something. Otherwise, every single town in the game has a uh, wise man in it. So, oftentimes there's a lady walking by a house and you talk to her. It's not the one in the red dress. It could be anything. One of the other ladies. And she'll often says, um, she'll often need something like, oh, the child's missing or... Uh, we need to get this trophy back or whatever the heck. But the very first town, she'll just flat out invite you in. Talk to my father before you leave town. You go inside. And I love the interior music in these houses. Also, again, the towns. First, you can hear the town music right here, right now.
And now when you go in, the interior of the house's music and then the brick walls, I just, I love this. It is the coolest. It, it is just classic Nintendo. It's classic 80s. Oh, I just love it so much. Check it out. I love it. I just, I adore it. So you talk to the lady when you're in the place. She says, each town has exactly what I'm saying. Each town has a wise man. Learn from him. So, and this is the only one you don't have to actually do any type of special thing. You can also jump and hit your sword on the wall if you want to. But, eh, it, it's, a, it's funny once, I guess, or twice. You get to the old man. He says, in Parappa Desert, so it's a paper desert, I guess, use this magic to survive. <clears throat> So you get the first magic in the game called Shield. And you notice there's a 0.32. Well, that's how many magic points it uses. Now, how they calculate that, I have no idea. Exactly, like how that matches up to the bars on the wall. Uh, up in the upper, well, the wall. and the upper part of the screen, you see magic level 1, life level 1. With, it's four different uh, bars, basically, across the major bar. Four different, yeah, little sections and all that. So obviously, that can all grow. Um, when you get magic containers and heart containers, that's when the bar gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Each time you find one in the game, you get another box, basically, another rectangle. So now it's five instead of four, that type of thing. And the magic, though, <clears throat> the magic, though, see, when you gain levels, and we're going to get to that in a second, but when you gain levels, if you choose magic, so you'll notice that goes down. So the stronger your magic is, the less magic you use up, so to speak, for whatever spell. Uh, some Sometimes certain levels only affect one spell, which is kind of lame, but eventually you're going to get to level 8 with all three items. Um, there's an adorable little kid in one of them. He says, get candle in Parappa Palace. <laughs> Go west. Yeah, so the candle lights up like dark caves and such. Otherwise, you're going to be walking around in the dark, and all you can see is like a hint of a shadow at the bottom of the... Well, you know, kind of on the floor, like a hint of a shadow showing and maybe just swing away with your sword because it's okay to, like the very first cave you go to, and I don't mean, well, the first cave you go to, you have to go there without a candle in the upper right-hand area above the town. Um, and yeah, that's what I, that's pretty much what you have to do next. Other than that, though, I would say level build a little bit first. You can also get what they call pee bags, but it's point bags. It's not bags of piss like the angry video game nerd would say. But again, he's just having fun. He's BSing around. It's actually one of the funniest angry video game nerd videos ever made is uh, <laughs> the Zelda 2 one. Uh, there's a 50 point pee bag or piss bag or whatever you want to call it. But now, yeah, now I can talk to you about the levels. So you'll notice again, you got 50 and you're going to have the option to choose the, your life to go up or hit cancel so otherwise then you just keep the points you've accumulated and you can level up to for the magic or for attack or this or that at this point i just say go ahead and use the 50 and get the life so your life is level two now yay woohoo um and you have 16 points remaining so it's 60 you know from before so it would have been like 66 or whatever so you have 16 and 
you know to the to a hundred or eventually two hundred if you choose to that for the uh, the power power magic or well, strength magic or life basically um occasionally like weaker monsters will drop a little blue magic jar that fills up about a box worth of magic so that's if you end up using some along the way but if you know whatever <laughs> if you ever get a red jar that'll fill your entire magic bar so at least early on eventually or actually it does it does fill up the whole thing if i remember correctly or at least most of it. Maybe it's like 100 points worth or something. But I get confused at times. So please do forgive me. And be patient with me as I continue through this game. <laughs> You'll also notice as when you bump into monsters. In different like uh, landscapes and such. Like forests. You know grasslands or prairies. Whatever you'd call it. But like a forest. Obviously it's going to be a different environment with different monsters. You'll get spiders that climb around in the trees and such. And watch out because they come down real fast. Even though they only give you two lousy experience points when you kill them. How generous, bastards. But um, again, that's one of the reasons I like the Japanese version as well. I think they're a little more generous about it, for the most part. In some cases, they're actually less. But again, your levels go up faster. So, I mean, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Your levels go up faster. You don't spend like five hours level building, which unfortunately you will in this one. But in order to get the English translation, it is what it is, because uh, I don't have a translated Japanese version of the game. I'm sure there are versions out there, but, um, you know, it is what it is, right? Because I suck. But uh, going in the cave where the trophy is, see, there's a single cave up north, kind of in the desert area, in between the two towns and such. That's where the trophy is that you're going to hear from a lady in the second village. When we go there very shortly, kind of in the, uh, we'll call it the western, southwestern part of this section of the world, so to speak. Because there's several sections. Um, heck, let's just go there now, just to hear what she has to say. Why the heck not? So I'm kind of waltzing over there at the moment, slowly but surely. Lots of fun, right? Um, I guess it's not south, it's just kind of in the upper northern part. Because I'm just, yeah. You go south later to get to more towns. This town is called... Ruto, that's what I thought, yep. It's, it's, it's not Rudy Gobert, it's Ruto, so he's not a Timberwolf or anything. This time you get the semi, you could say she's an attractive, nice lady with the red dress. They go in and she restores your health again. Insert your rumors or your humor all you want, I don't know. This one also, you get one of the classic uh, characters in the game called I Am Error. <laughs> he does give you a hint later in the game, but at the moment it's like, I Am Error, okay. So, I always used to imagine Scrooge McDuck in DuckTales saying, No, I'm error for the day I met ya. <laughs> I always imagined him saying that because he got mad with uh, Fenton Crackshell. I guess he said, I'm sorry. And Scrooge said, No, I'm sorry for the day I met ya. You know? So, in this case, again, it's oftentimes when you know you're at the place where you're going to have the uh, wise man, it's you walk by a building, whatever, a house, and the woman comes out. That's the one. So you talk to her. She says, Goria of Tantari. I'm sure he's the Goria of Tantari. That's pretty dramatic. Stole our trophy. Well, what trophy is it? And what is it? Uh, what's the award? Is it the Stanley Cup? Is it the Vince Lombardi trophy? Or is it just something that just says, uh, this is Rudo, and we're proud of being in Rudo? Again, here's the first time you'll see the magic lady. She's the lady, the only lady in the whole village, and it's in every village or town, with kind of an orangish color. And she says, stop and rest here. Stop and rest here. Stop and rest here, young man. I can give you magic. I don't think you're doing 
premarital activities with her. So I think she gives you a magic potion. So again, I think we can defunct that uh, rumor uh, right now because it's, yeah, no, just no, seriously, no. Occasionally when you're walking around and again, that's when you get the monsters or whatever to pop up, they, you know, kind of like a visible version, you know, like RPGs running into monsters randomly like Final Fantasy, but in this one you can see them. Occasionally you'll get a fairy, which is wonderful. So if you bump into her, she can restore your uh, hit points or life or whatever you call it. So that's a fun, effective way, but it's kind of random, unfortunately, but it can save you big time on occasion. So let's head to the dark cave now because it's, it's dark and all that. Take your time. After you get through the first ledge, you get to the second one. What you should do is, Dan, I screwed up. Stupid. But basically, you duck down and hack away. There's just one beetle-like character. I think there's a second one, actually. So when you get across ledges, just kind of be patient. I guess it was just one. Anyhow, head north and east and all that cute stuff. And there's your Parappa Palace. It looks like a Greek temple, kind of, from the outside. And then now you get that awesome, awesome palace music. Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> tell you if you don't like that i don't know what's wrong with you why not so there's always like a statue of a uh, a knight basically it's they're very similar to the knights in zelda one where the, the shield is an effective thing but in this game the shield is an up down thing it's not just that they're facing your direction like in uh, zelda one of course we didn't play zelda one yet so i don't know anything about zelda one yeah actually i do but <laughs> i probably should have played zelda one first but ah uh, whatever it is what it is right um, <laughs> in this case, it's about being uh, low and high, low and high, low and high. He'll move the shield around, and if you, again, you hit the shield, you don't, you don't damage him, and it makes that annoying sound effect. So, otherwise, in this place, you have elevators and all that. Um, there's a candle. I recommend getting that before anything. That's generally in the, um, we'll say, the lefter part of the castle. And I encourage anybody listening to this right now, Use any type of uh, map on the internet to figure out where you're going, especially as you get further and further and further in the game. Uh, you'll have keys that open up doors and all that. Basically, they're, I, I, I guess they're doors. To me, they look more like a barrier. Um, again, also in the screen where you get the magic, you just press start. And then to use magic, you press select. But again, be careful about pressing select because if it's ill-timed and you waste magic, you're going to be pissed off, especially later and later and later in the game as it gets harder and harder and harder. But in this quote-unquote subscreen, you'll see like a link head, whatever. That's how many lives you had. I'm guess, guessing you can figure that out. The key is at zero at the moment. That's how many keys. And the crystals are at six. So that's how many palaces we've not beaten yet, basically. <laughs> see, once you beat the final boss in each palace, 
you walk up to the statue and the crystal just kind of automatically pops up and and uh yeah you have sealed the uh, ca castle and all that cute stuff but oftentimes again try to go just about anywhere you can because that way you can get all the keys because if you don't you're gonna get really frustrated getting to barriers or doors or whatever that you cannot get through so in this case now you get to see a skeleton he's not effective with a shield so all you got to do pretty much is duck and hack away duck and hack duck and hack duck and hack um, you get these annoying thieves, basically, with a, their little knife that walk towards you. They give you nothing, but they take when they take experience points when they hit you. So a typical thief that is worthless, a worthless pile of crap to society that just steals from you and gives you nothing in return. So, exactly. Another effect some of you might like is how the, the, uh, the sky, uh, when you look out the windows, is red. Ooh, it's red. And then you get one of the most obnoxious, annoying characters in the entire game. I guess it's basically like the bubbles in Zelda 1, where it's like a skull that kind of flicker, you know, that kind of fluctuates and all that. Yeah, oh god. <sighs> well, if you're at level 1 in your offense, which is like the sword basically, you can kind of figure that out. I'm sure you knew that before I did, right? Um, hacking away at that thing is not worth it. Just, just keep going. They do give you 50 experience points when you kill them. But at level one, you are wasting your time. Don't even, you know, don't even, <laughs> don't even bother. It's not worth it. So um, what you need to do at that point, just try to avoid them like the plague. Uh, they kind of act like a Pong character. Or yeah, they, they, they bounce around the screen like a Pong ball or like say an Arkanoid or alleyway. I guess it'd be Arkanoid. Maybe I'll do a review on that one someday. It'll probably be like a five-minute show. No, it'll be longer than that. But yeah, it bounces around the screen. So as you move, it keeps bouncing off the edges of the screen, which is extremely annoying. But you can uh, almost like treat the screen almost like it's a pinball game or something. Well, yeah, I hope you can understand what I'm talking about. It's kind of weird. But as you're moving, he'll bounce off of certain ledges and maybe go a different direction and disappear or whatever. So that can end up saving your bacon at times. Kind of a cool idea I thought I'd bring out there to you. If it makes any sense. Or just kind of trap him inside like I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's kind of like treating the screen like Arganoid, actually, in a sense. Oh, shoot. Well, so much for that. <laughs> Oh, and when they hit you, they steal magic. Isn't that just wonderful? It's just wonderful. I just love them so much. And worst of all, there's fast ones. They're slow. There's, there's like the typical slower ones, but then there's the fast ones. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, now you get another option when you can gain magic and attack and life. Magic right now is not that big of a deal. Obviously, you're going to want to build it up at some point, of course. No, no bleep, right? But um, I would say strength and life are probably the top thing. Even like strength, even more than anything else. Yeah, get the get life at the beginning. But uh, uh, one other thing too, when you do choose life or magic for building, um, it will will it will fill it. So that can be an effective way to kind of save your bacon at times, as well throughout the game. So make note of that personally. Unfortunately, when you do die three times, which may happen a few times when you play this game. All of your experience will be gone. So again, make, uh, yeah, definitely note to self about that one, if you know what I mean. Give yourself a, yeah, give yourself a note about that. Uh, if you're about to have your last life, try to gain a level as fast as you can before something stupid happens. 
Of course, if you fall off into lava, you're dead. I, got, I guess it's lava. I don't know. It's lava. But even water in other parts of the game, which is really annoying. Um, oftentimes, these statues as well, in later stages of the, well, even pretty much every level but this one, they might contain a red magic jar, which can be an awesome thing. Sometimes, though, it's just the enemy coming out, like the, the knight or whatever. Um, so now we have a monster that I think is looks kind of like a bear, but he could be God knows what. He throws what look like uh, mm, maces at you. It looks like a mace, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. The trick to fighting him, obviously, get underneath as quick as you can without getting hit, like underneath the mazes that he's throwing, and then uh, just kind of hack away. Just kind of hack away, but like like one, two, one, two, one, two, I guess. Hit him like twice and kind of back off and hit him twice and kind of just kind of bounce off of him. As for the knights, the dark nut or whatever you might call it, my most effective strategy is kind of jump. Jump and swing. Jump and swing. Jump and swing. It'll get him. Um, ah, and yeah, <laughs> I went to where the candle is, but unfortunately I don't have the key. So I didn't go up first, but that's okay. It is what it is, right? It's just great gaming on my part. But that's why you want to use the map, people. Also, occasionally, monsters will drop the pee bags, the point bags. Uh, if it's a weaker monster, like, say, like something that only gives you, like, 10 experience points or whatever, and they drop it, it'll be 50 points. But if it's something like 30 up, it'll give you 200 points. So I do believe that's an actual more generous number than in the Japanese version. So not another interesting thing to make note about. I mean, uh, you know, well, it's kind of cool, you know? I mean, awesome, right? Also, though, in the level, like, say, if you, you know, when you walk kind of to the further and further to the right, eventually you might get to where there's a fairy. If you have full power, leave her alone until you might need her. Like, go up first. Like, say, you're going to go up to get the key that I should have got to get the candle. Yeah, stupid. I, like, knew that, and I didn't know it, apparently. No, I didn't remember. Um, yeah, but you go up to get the key. And then you just kind of keep going or whatever. But no, I mean, if you have full power and there's the fairy, leave her there until maybe you can come back after going to get the key. Maybe you could hit a few times along the way. <clears throat> now the fairy comes in insanely handy. Uh, also, when you get to the key in the upper area, you'll notice there's a path to get a second key. There is no wall there. Keep going to the right. Unfortunately, you got to deal with that stupid bear type thing. And apparently the statue there does have a uh, red jar, but you don't have the life spell yet, so it doesn't really help all that much. Because, you know, well, you're gonna, you can use shield against, like, weak monsters in case stupid things happen, but, yeah, I guess it helps. Uh, one other super annoying thing is, say, something like the shield spell and later on, like, reflect and stuff like that, it'll only last until you ch the screen changes. Like, say, you walk to the, you scroll further and further and further until you get to the edge of the screen and it changes to a new one you're back to wearing the green outfit again. It's not red anymore. So, And, of course, much later in the game when you get the Reflect spell, that'll be, you know, like, yeah. That'll unfortunately be expired until you use it again. So that's kind of dumb, but that's part of the game, I guess. Part of the challenge. And if you want to, you could just get the candle and leave, get the trophy, get the jump thing and all that, but eh, you don't have to. It's nice to have jump. That's the next uh, spell, so to speak in uh, Ruto, that's the other town that we went to, but it's not superly necessary. Walk up and get the candle, and Link holds it up really cool, and a lot of people love that and thinks it's funny and all that. Uh, I, I think it's cool, too, the way Link holds it up. Um, in, in this game, he's smiling as he's holding it, whereas in Zelda 1, it looks more like, oh my god, I got this thing, you know, like you like won the Stanley Cup or something. <laughs> that type of thing. But um, 
yeah, maybe maybe it isn't the worst idea to leave with the way my the way my life is diminishing because I keep getting hit. Because yeah, I don't know. Little kind of you know you're kind of weak at this part of the game. It's kind of obvious. You can tell, right? So, and unfortunately, if you do die in a level, guess what? You get back to the uh, you're back to square one, so to speak, as the angry video game nerd would say. I gotta stop referring to him too much. He's probably like, okay, I. I know you love me and everything. Well, the good news is you still have the candle, like say if in my case. <laughs> so I could go get the trophy, get get everything, this and that. So yes, I, I didn't survive. <laughs> yep, so you can get the trophy. Now you go in the, uh, the caves and they're lit up now. And the rest of the game, this is how it is. You don't have to worry about dark caves anymore. Uh, you got annoying bat-like creatures that you got to really, really watch out for when you're involving like pits and stuff. So that's something you have to worry about, which is annoying. Um, also, though, uh, your your experience points that you had accumulated are gone, but any levels that you did, you know, accept, so to speak, along the way are still there. So that's all still there. And the candle, like I just mentioned, is still there. Strategies to kill these rock-throwing SOBs that are the Octoroks. That's basically what they are, the Octoroks from Zelda 1. Um kind of let them jump and then swing, kind of take your time, and then uh, Goria, kind of again, try to avoid the stupid uh, boomerangs as possible and just hack away at him, that type of thing, and then maybe use your shield effectively as well, by you know, just kind of standing there or moving up and down and letting the boomerangs bounce off your shield. That kind of stuff. Also though, walk to the south a little bit, kind of by the, the castle, temple type of thingy, there should be at least one cave here where you can get a you can get a magic container if I'm remembering correct. Yes, so kind of southwest of the castle a little bit, not castle but tower or whatever it is. I guess it's a castle. Supposedly it's a tower. Supposedly it's a temple. I have no idea what it is, but you can go in there now that you have the candle, and you might as well get the item in here. Uh, so cool stuff. Luckily the place isn't too hard, and you can get a magic container. So now you have more magic. Uh, it's not super essential at the moment because once magic becomes insanely essential once you get the life spell and you know and then the rest of the game obviously it's wonderful to have as much magic as possible. Uh, again, there's also a heart container which you know I probably should have gotten before I even went into the stupid palace in the first place, which would have been helpful. So let's head up that same direction where you could actually get a heart container up around where the palace is. And, of course, if you're beat up, go to the, yeah, you know, you beat up. Before you go to any palace or anything crazy like that, go heal up in the town. Like, obvious kind of common sense stuff. But, again, I mean, sometimes we all need to remind ourselves. Like, me reminding myself right now. Yeah, something like that. And so, if you got the trophy, just go the heck to Rudo really quick. And then, after that, let's get that uh, heart container that I failed to bring up before going in the palace. And I apologize for that. <laughs> I apologize for that. I just kind of was too excited to get started with this thing and yeah just that's my apologies right there my bad big time addendum and errata as they might say in uh, other podcasts out there so yes of course with the jump spell you can jump very high what a surprise uh right now yeah right now it might seem more expensive than shield but ultimately jump becomes the cheapest of all the magic spells as you continue to level build throughout the game uh quite plain and simple there'll be ledges later on that you won't be able to reach without you know jumping super high and it can be very efficient and very effective and there's even certain items in the game much later or a certain part of the game later where you can walk on the roofs in houses 
uh, on houses in the town. That's just one town, though, and that's where you can get one of the uh, thrusts. I believe that's the down thrust where you can get that. So, very exciting. I think you actually get it in... I think it's in both... Uh, I think it's where you get both of the thrusts. It involves being able to jump on roofs and such. So, it's fun stuff, and we'll get to that when we, when we need to. But let's get that stinking heart container. So, it's actually <laughs> a little further to the... The, uh, the east and then south after you get to the palace. You can even see it when you're walking by the cave. So, again, my apologies. I'm <laughs> just too excited to get started, and it's like something I should have just, like, duh, hello. So, again, my apologies. I was wondering why. I was like, why am I having such a hard time here? I don't remember this being this hard. Jeez, because it's really not. And it's because in the past I got the freaking heart container. So just go south, go south, go south. Eventually... Yep, well, unfortunately, you're going to run into some uh, invisible, like, stages, so to speak. Just avoid the bubbles as possible. Take your time. If you take your time, you'll be able to get through all the ledges just fine. Obviously, if you fall in the water, you die, which sucks. And, yeah, that would be terrible. Um, I guess it's like a hot spring, so, yeah, that would... Let's not even think about that kind of thing. So, you'll notice it's kind of like a wooded area, a little wooded area in a box kind of thing. And then the, uh, the green spot, the green square in the middle, is where the heart container will be. Or so I think. Yes, it is. Uh, kill the stupid Goria first before you get the heart container. I used to actually get the heart first, which I have no idea what was on my mind. Because you'll get hit by the Goria. So what's the point of that? Kill the Goria first, and even if the Goria hits you, when you get the heart container, your uh, health will be filled up again. And, like I said before, take your frickin' time with these stupid bubbles, because they will knock you down into the frickin' water, and, yeah, and you lose a whole life or nothing. It sucks. And, unfortunately, throughout the game, you're going to run into all kinds of those obnoxious little mini-stages, and you can lose lives very quickly in pretty much all of them. It's wonderful. But, again, that's why this is considered an insanely hard game, and because it is. So, now, basically, with the candle, with the heart container, the magic container... You should be all set, ready to go to kind of work your way to the horse head type of boss. Uh, an another interesting tip I can give you as you head further and further. Obviously, when you defeat the horse head, he gives you a certain amount of experience points. If you're fortunate enough to reach a certain level gain of any kind, accept it. You know why? You know why? Because when you put the crystal up, it will fill up. Uh, it'll fill you all up to the next level. So, <laughs> it's worth it. You could gain, like, uh, two different levels. Maybe, like, a life and a strength, or a strength and a magic, or life and magic, whatever the heck. But you can do that. So, you could gain two levels from just beating one boss. Pretty cool. Because, yeah, every time the crystal goes up into the statue, it'll fill you up all the way to the next level. Pretty awesome. So, a strategy that I kind of learned on my own many, many years ago, just by playing the game, you know. And something you would learn as well, I'm sure, if you haven't already. And thankfully, I left that fairy where she was. So when I get my work my way back to eventually to Horsehead, which is down the down below in the next level there. And again, if you're using the map, which you might want to, you'll have figured that out already. But um, yeah, <laughs> just kind of work your way towards Horsehead. Definitely not the hardest boss in the game. In fact, he's the easiest because he's the first major boss in the game. See, like right now, I'm at 469 to 500, basically when it comes to experience points. Well, it looks like I'll be able to gain that level anyway. Never mind. <laughs> I still am not at Horsehead yet, so it's going to end up the way it is, looks like. We'll see. Yeah, I'm being able to beat that bear-like bear, bear -like character when I get through the door type thingy. 
Um, I have nothing to complain about. I mean, strength-wise, I'm level 3 already. Magic-wise, I'm level 2. And life, I'm level 3. Before I've even fought the first boss in the game yet. So, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good feeling. So, I don't feel too negative about it, other than the fact that I've died once already, which is stupid. But, it is what it is. Um, now I'm getting to horse head with 69 of 300, because I, you know, kind of cheated ahead to, to get the strength up again. To level 500, and why the heck not? So, now the strategy with Horsehead, obviously, you can probably tell by just looking at him. He, uh, his defense is, you can only hit him by hitting him in the head, basically. So, but you have to kind of time yourself really well. Thankfully, I have level 3 strength, so I'll probably do a lot of damage on him. Again, when you swing at him and hit him, back the heck off as fast as possible. He's not real fast, but he will hit you, and he'll hit you very hard with that mace. Luckily, again, time it, time it, time it, jump and swing, jump and swing, jump and swing, kind of gain some momentum and keep your distance. Unfortunately, the cheap SOB only gives you 50 experience points, which would have been nice if I had, like, you know, 40 to go or something, but I don't. So I'll get to this statue-type thingy, and goes the crystal. It'll go from 119 to 300, oh goody. So, <laughs> oh well, hey, it got to 300. I could elect to just kind of hold on for now and go to 400, but, ah, screw it, just take it. <laughs> That way that one's done. And now everything's at level 3 upon beating the very first Talus in the game. So I feel pretty good going to level 2 and everything. Um, and of course if you've gotten the item that you needed, like the treasure of the place, and defeated the, the bad guy and put the crystal in, the uh, palace will then turn to stone because there's nothing else to do there. It's done. The palace is complete. So basically the next level is south of Ruto. So that's where you can go next. Uh, again, Ruto is that uh, western town where you just got the jump spell, basically. So basically from Ruto, just go south, or Ruto, or Ruto, no, Ruto, go south, and into the cave. Kind of basically expect the same type of stuff, like those uh, Tektites, or whatever they're called, uh, Octoroks, basically, yeah, the Octoroks. Kind of octopus-like beetle-type thingies that shoot rocks. It's pretty cool. And they only give you 10 lousy experience points, but then you get a Goria again. Likes to throw those uh, boomerangs at you and stuff, and he only gives you 20. So, yeah, they're really in a giving mood. Not. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, though. I mean, it's... Yeah. Ain't ain't nothing easy, as they say. couple things as you get further and further in the cave. You'll notice there's a red-colored bat-type creature that shoots fire. Um, you can't really avoid the fire, so just... Uh, yeah, or you can't really shield it away. You can't defend it, so just stay away from it. And you'll get your first really high ledge that uses the jump. So, obviously, you have to have jump and enough magic to use it at this stage in the game to even get through and continue and progress and all that cute stuff. Um, you'll notice there's a little patch of, like, forest and all that with a fairy. You probably are going to want to use that, so go ahead. It will come back at later stages if you need it again, I believe. So, um, but at this part, I think it's a uh, worthwhile thing to use. Avoid the swamp if you can, but obviously there's a certain part where you can't because you'll slow down greatly, and that's actually kind of tough unfortunately. Um, next thing you're going to want to do is, in, in maps and such, you'll notice that there's uh, certain areas in this foresty wooded area where you can meet this guy named uh, Bagu. So get him if you can. Unfortunately, you're going to run into a lot of worthless uh, uh, sub, sub like battle scenes and such. So it is what it is. But kind of work your way kind of towards the, the center-ish area if you can. And eventually you'll meet a guy named Bagu who will, you know, help you to, uh, yeah, it's like a letter to the river man or whatever, so you can continue in the game. 
you don't have to get it now, but why the heck not? So again, like I said, kind of near the center, instead of getting a battle scene, you'll see a house, and you'll see a guy in a red outfit, whatever, and he'll say, Bagu is my name, show my note to Riverman. Great English, but it is what it is. <laughs> so again, this will help you cross in the next town you're going to go to, and you will go on to go to the town before you do anything else, because you can get the life spell there. Um, and luckily, it's very easy to get. You don't have to do any crazy, difficult quest in order to be able to see the quote-unquote wise man. Um, so head towards the little... Uh, <laughs> as you keep bumping into little scenes in the forest and all that, that's the annoying part. But um, it is what it is, unfortunately. Occasionally, you'll get another point bag, I guess they'll call it. And again, work your way towards the little bridge-looking thing. Unfortunately, that's another subscreen, so uh, be prepared for that. Maybe use jump or something if you need to, to, if you're worried about falling down or whatever. But just avoid everything as best you can. Thankfully, that screen is not too hard. Just work your way to the freaking town and feel like a million bucks that you got there. The name of the town is Water Town of Saria. Sounds like someplace in uh, Syria or something. I don't know. But, um... Yep, you can talk to any of the villagers and all that, or town people, or whatever the word is. One of them says hello, and then turns into a bat or whatever, and potentially kills you. Which, uh, yeah, we'll leave that alone, I guess. Yeah, so some people just avoid, in fact, most of them, they're not real helpful. They're eyes of Ganon, as they say. Uh, walk past the house where the lady in the blue outfit comes out. She says, I lost my mirror. So basically, all you got to do, see again, it's an insanely easy little side quest. Go through the little tunnel or whatever the heck it is. The Lowry Tunnel if you live in the Twin Cities, right? I'm just kidding. The next house or whatever is empty. Walk up to the table, press the button, and you say, I found a mirror under the table. So guess what happens? You just walk back to the same lady you just talked to, and you found her mirror, wahoo, wahoo. And now you can have a uh, life spell, which is pretty much the most important thing in the game, I'd have to say if you really wish to progress throughout this. One of the reasons why the Parappa Palace can be a pain in the ass is because you can't heal yourself. Well, now you can, uh, if you have enough magic. Yeah, but at least you have it now. Use this magic to restore your life, he says, which is wonderful. And unfortunately right now, that one takes 60, which is, you know, you'll only be able to use it once with the current bar without getting filled up with magic jars and such. But again, at least you have it now, so wonderful. Uh, as for progressing further in the town where you can eventually cross the river and such with the riverman, no, not now. After you beat, uh, <laughs> after you beat the, uh, the, the swamp palace, I recommend. That's up to the north a bit. Just kind of work your way to the, uh, obviously, unfortunately, across the bridge. But first, maybe if you want to pick up one of those point bags to get a level up in the forest. That one is worth a uh, hundred, so okay. That can get you close to maybe level building to the next stage and all that. But for now, again, work your way up and to the left, which would again north, and eventually to the uh, the um, the west, where you will uh, get to the next palace. Unfortunately, you got to cross the bridge again, but oh well, it's it's just a bridge. This one actually doesn't have pits, where like almost all the rest of them do, where these obnoxious fishbone thingies that throw rocks at you can uh, kill you very easily. Even though they're not that powerful, they can kill you. So, like, and they can hit you like a hundred million times as well. When you see one of the little kind of road-like areas in the middle of the swamp and all that as you're heading up, 
One, uh, one of them has a magic red jar. Might as well get it. Maybe if you're, like, you're, say your health is low and you're about to die, that kind of thing. Yeah, just uh, get there. Don't touch the magic jar yet. As long as you have enough health to heal, heal and then hit the magic jar. And you're completely full power again. Woohoo. Which is awesome. Uh, you'll notice there's a cave north of you. Might as well go in there really quick. See what's inside. In this case, it's another point bag, but ah, oh, what the heck, it's 200 points. Might as well uh, go for it and try to get as much as you can for now. If it's life, if it's magic, what the heck, uh, probably try to get your magic up, I almost say, because then the life spell will be cheaper and cheaper. And the cheaper the life spell is, the better. Of course, again, life in general is better defense. You have that too. So make up your own mind what you think, but I would say at this point in the game, get your magic to a three or four if humanly possible. You'll also notice there are rocks blocking certain caves or to the path of north, where the first town was just a few minutes ago. There's rocks in the way. So once you get the item called the hammer, that can break through the rocks. Cool stuff. The rock actually can also work as an axe as well and cut down trees. How that works, I have no idea. Um, a nifty strategy you can have if you don't want to get beat up real bad in the swamp as you're working your way through the palace is... Try your best to get to the road area before you get hit, and you won't have to fight any monsters. Cool, huh? Otherwise, once you get to the palace, you'll notice another statue. Hit it! Guess what? A red jar falls out. Isn't that cool? Sometimes it's an enemy, sometimes it's not, but if it's an enemy, you can walk off the screen, off of the palace, and then come back and hit it again. Maybe it's a jar. So that way you can come into the palace with full power. Good idea, eh? So on to level two we go, and of course, um, you know, remember to use a map out there. Uh, it definitely helps to figure things out, like nesmaps.com, places like that. And you can always kind of minimize, like obviously sometimes when they put the map, it's like this big close-up, and that doesn't really help too much, so just kind of minimize it, just do control, minus, whatever, but yeah, <laughs> that type of thing. But again, I mean, the majority of the level, again, try to cover as much as you can, get all the keys and all that. And of course, eventually you're going to get the mitt. And the mitt is basically when you hit raw, like the, like the blocks, like the stone blocks with your sword, they will break. That's what the mitt does. So it's obviously a super valuable, essential item as you progress through the game. So of course, uh, you're going to want to get that. That is in the lower, somewhat, not, not that lower, but in the far... You can see the far left area of the level. But, of course, you're going to want to get keys along the way to get there. So that's kind of how the game is played. Two quick things as well as I progress through the level. Um, you'll meet new skeletons. So, like, there was, like, the reddish ones in the first level. They just kind of they just kind of walk and swing their sword at you, and all you have to do is kind of duck down and hack at them. But in this level, you're going to see the blue skeletons for the first time. They can jump, so they're much more mobile. Watch out. Uh, the previous skeletons give you 30 experience points. The blue ones give you 50. And if they drop a jar, it's a red one. Uh, and that was a lifesaver just now, honestly. So a trick, too. Like, say, if you don't have enough... Uh, magic at the time when you grab it as you grab it see this is an effective way to actually kind of come ahead kind of kind of it's kind of like you know it's just being smart so to speak it's not cheating um press life as it's filling up like say you get the red jar the power is filling up press life before it's done filling up and it'll fill up more fully so to speak you won't like waste it you, you know you won't waste like a full amount of a jar 
So if that makes sense. Um, because if you waited for it to fill up, you'd have just a tiny bit of magic left. But the efficient way, see, it'll kind of count the magic that was used, or that, that was not used before, it'll kind of count that, if you, if you understand. Like, say you have half-full magic when you uh, first grab the red jar, when it gets full, uh, or when it starts filling up to the point that it's full enough to cast the life magic, press it right away before it's full, and then you'll get the maximum, um, you know, you'll get the maximum amount of magic that way, and you don't get screwed. So, and again, it's not cheating at all. It's just, you know, being smart. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. There's also something new you're going to run into where it looks like little drops coming out of the ceiling. Like, um, well, the red ones are, well, just... Walk past and keep going. Try not to get hit, of course, because they will damage you. The blue ones, though, turn into slimes. Watch out, watch out, watch out, because they will jump at you. Get ready with your sword. And if you get beat up pretty bad and you're kind of close to the entrance, well, what do you think you should do? Go to the statue, and if you're, you've already used the magic, just walk out and walk back in. It'll be, you know, reset. So, again, kind of a, you know, little common sense help type of thing. And, yeah, again, utilize your magic, uh, you know, the, the amount of magic. Utilize it, again, by when it's filling up. Cast it before it's full, and then you'll get your maximum amount of magic. It will not fill up all the way. So it's not a glitch. It is just being smart, like maximizing the jar. Rather than, okay, you get half full, that's all you get. Like, okay, it's filled up from half full. Now, instead of it's filled up from half full, you would get it literally like as if your life was empty before, but you casted it, uh, cast it, and then, yeah. So it's like, yeah, maximizing. You do kill the blue skeletons the same way. Just kind of be patient. Don't panic, because if you start moving around too quickly, you will get hit when he tries to jump over you. Just stay where you are, or maybe move slightly underneath him, and then keep hacking away, you know, by ducking. Ducking and hacking away. Kind of like how you beat the shadow, right? And you do beat the shadow by ducking, just not moving all the way to the left side of the screen and cheating. And then you get the super obnoxious horse head type characters you know, horse head type monsters that go up and down, up and down, like the Medusa heads in Castlevania 3 and beyond. Oh my god. They're actually in Castlevania 1 also. Castlevania 1 and Castlevania 3. Oh. <laughs> yeah, up and down, up and down. You have to be patient and just kind of swing and hit them at the right time, right place. Otherwise, they're going to piss you off so bad. Also, when you're dealing with blue slimes on, like, ledges, say you're above, like, lava or something, and they're jumping around, jumping around, wait for them to literally kill themselves. Like, kind of walk to the edge, like, say, before you go to the next ledge, where a blue slime is, he will kill himself if you're patient. Just let him fall in and move on. Otherwise, you're putting yourself at major risk to get knocked into the lava, and you just blew it. And it's a huge waste of time and everything. And, yeah. And in this case, if he just walks off the screen or, well, bounces off the screen, <laughs> slides off the screen, whatever the word is, oh well. <laughs> Big deal, right? Because he kind of glitched himself out of existence, basically, when that happens. And as you get super close to where the, the glove or mitt is, um, you're going to notice some blocks coming down. So get the heck out of there if you can. Oh, no, I just trapped myself. That was smart. <laughs> so you can trap yourself too, but you can always kind of wait for the blocks to come down and jump out. Or again, use the jump spell to jump out as well. So, which, yeah, it's, it's a bummer, but it is what it is. One interesting note, when you get items like this in uh, Zelda 2, obviously, in the American version, you walk up to it and then Link holds it up and all that good stuff. In the Japanese version... You walk up to it, nothing happens. You have to stab it. It's dumb. Um, and unfortunately, Link doesn't hold it up in the Japanese version, so you don't get that cute little pose like, Yes, I did it! Woohoo! I'm the king of the world! The king of the world, I tell ya! 
And like I've said before, whenever you see random statues in the in any level, try to hit them. And if you need to use a jump spell to get them and you have enough magic to do so, it's worth it if there's a red jar there. Because, well, what do red jars do? They fill you up all the way. They fill you up. And it's a good thing. So, yeah. As it progress further and further into the level, you'll run into what look like kind of like ghosts, sort of. And they drop fire. Yeah, they suck really bad. If you can kill them, great. Otherwise, try your best to just avoid the fire because... Oh, God, they're annoying. Unfortunately, it's much harder to kill them at this part in the game because you'll probably, yeah, you'll want the up thrust if you can get it. That's much later in the game, around level 4-ish or so. The, the down thrust and the up thrust, very crucial and helpful items. Basically, all you do is jump and then press down and up to use that, but we'll cross the bridge when we get there. And unfortunately, not every single statue has a red uh, magic jar or potentially an enemy in it, but... A chunk of them do. So occasionally you'll get to one and there's nothing there. So again, well, <laughs> it is what it is. A lot of times that's where these maps come in handy too. You'll see like a jar or enemies, you know, or whatever. It'll say that and other ones will say nothing. So um, I'm pretty much just using maps off and on just to know where I'm going. Just to make the game quick <laughs> rather than messing around too long. And then when you finally do get to the boss, kind of similar to Horace Head. Hit him in the head and 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 hit him in the head. Uh, he's a cool guy with sunglasses, so you gotta like that. And if your power has gone up a bit, you should be able to beat him pretty easily. Like if you've built up your offense, so to speak, you should be able to beat him easily. Of course, I'm screwing it up like I usually do. But after you finally defeat the little nuisance, <laughs> you can move on in the game now. Unfortunately, the next place to go pretty much is, uh, well, like uh, Death Mountain, because you need the hammer to continue, so you gotta work your way through that next. Oh, goody. So now you work your way back to the town that you got the, uh, the, the town of water, basically. You know, the river town, so to speak. Uh, you first got the life spell head there. And, uh, yep, work your way through. Now that, that note from Bagu, the guy, will uh, allow you to cross. The river man will open the bridge. And off into the Death Mountain territory you go. Oh, boy. Yeah, luckily, it's not as hard as it might look, but uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially when you get these axe, like goblins or whatever the heck they are so good luck with that So of course you go south from the town and all that, um, and into the cave or door or whatever. When you first go in, uh, you head to the, the right, so yeah, you have the choice between the right and the left door, you go to the right one, and of course I recommend again, uh, maps and all that stuff. There's all kinds of different maps that'll just kind of show you the right directions to go, this and that. Most of it's fairly simple, um, and I can kind of guide you as I go, but it, it looks complicated, but it's not too bad. Mostly just go to the right. Uh, You'll see a lot of familiar enemies, maybe a stronger version of the spear goblins that kind of come at you, kind of a darker version. Maybe they're just darker because they're in the cave versus outside, because you still get the, just the 20 experience points. 
Also, another interesting thing to note about the Japanese uh, Zelda that, I, that I'd forgotten to mention. So the level of building system is much, much quicker, but, but, you have to have every level. So, so you could literally like build the, the sword way up super fast, but if it's not parallel in levels to the other two, if you die, you know what happens? Guess what? You, you get reduced down to the, the lowest bit, the lowest uh, number basically remaining. So like say if life was stuck at one or magic was stuck at one and maybe you had the sword and the life uh, and magic at like three, four, five, guess what? You go back to one. So you have to chart, you have to kind of be parallel. And then, it, and that brings the experience uh, needed up. But again, it is much faster, like say 300 you can get, you just need 300 experience points for life, then 300 experience points for magic, then 300 experience points for uh, strength. But of course, again, you probably go with the strength first, but I don't know, it depends on what you really want to do. But then, yeah, then then the amount goes up to like 700 or whatever the heck it would be. But you want to you want to try to keep them as parallel as possible. So like say, they're all at level 3, or maybe one's at 4, and the other two are at level 3, and you die, they go back to level 3. So yeah, that's the whole point. Again, your only choice is to go right after, you know, yeah, after you come out of the cave again, after going right the first time. Eventually, you're going to start going left. So it's not all just right, right, right. It's not uh, uh, that simple, I guess. But again, you're facing mostly familiar monsters for now. Eventually, it's about to really turn up the heat, though. And you're going to face some real tough sons of biscuits. Might even be right around the corner as I'm heading up. But nope, not yet. Um... I feel like I went the wrong way, and I probably did. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> I don't know. Did I? Did I? Did I go the wrong way a little? No, I did not. Nope, I'm still good. So, yes, yeah, still keep going right, right, right. Eventually, you're going to want to go left. At least I believe so. Yes, that's coming up next. So, eventually, you're going to appear um, like as if you've gone down. Basically, you're coming out of the like an upper cave compared to two others, and then you go to the left. Um, you also run into this... Uh, Yep, and then your first your first time you see like a, a more gangster-looking goblin with an axe. A lot tougher. Take your time with them. Um, kind of don't, don't be scared because if you run, you're not going to get anywhere. He's just going to chase you forever and eventually hack you to death with an axe. So the, the best, most efficient way to handle them is to kind of duck down and poke, duck down and poke, and, you know, and all that. Just kind of take your time with them, and you should be fine. Duck down and poke, and then you finally have another choice of coming out of the cave. This time you go to the... I think you do go to the right. Now I'm blanking. You do go to the right. So do not make the mistake that I was about to make. You do go to the right. If you get to a point, yeah, so you say like it's like a bridge with fish coming out and kind of like lava beneath it, you've gone the correct way. The correct way. Uh, the other way, you're just going to get lost and frustrated and it's annoying and stupid. Otherwise, eh, you know, it's going okay. Now it gets kind of semi-linear again and you just keep going. So it's not as complicated as some people may want you to believe it is. Um, and now you get one of the really tough guys coming up forward, where it's like a darker outfitted version of that dragon lizard looking goblin thingy with the axe. This one throws them. So I might uh, recommend using life or shield or a little of both, maybe shield and life. And hopefully you have enough for a jump because there's a red jar. The way to handle these guys is kind of poke and jump, uh, kind of poke and jump when he throws the axe and poke, poke like, you know, going down, so to speak. Yeah, like duck down and poke. And jump. That's probably your best bet. Fortunately, thankfully, I had enough magic to still have jump even after having shield and uh, healing myself. So now I have full power and full magic. Isn't that great? It really is, actually. 
and I'm still jumping high. But once you're off the screen, the jump goes away. Na-na-na-boo-boo. Uh, says Ganon, I guess, and all of his minions. Now we're back to Morgorias and all those guys. That's, they're just not the coolest name ever. Somehow, by the grace of God, I didn't get hit. But now we get the uh, awful goblin type thing. There's multiple ways to beat those guys. You can kind of jump and swing and jump and swing without jumping forward. And you can be effective at beating him. And you, can, you want to time it correctly, though, when he doesn't have his axe out. Hit him then. Because, yeah, and then when you hit him, he swings his axe and he's, you know, rearing backwards after you hit him. So that's probably why I've not gotten hit very often. This one dropped a red jar, but I already have full magic. So in case something stupid happens and I get hit, uh, oh, I guess I already grabbed it. Ah, well, that's okay. I'm, I didn't get hit. So Death Mountain's intimidating a little bit. Now we're getting really close to one of the cool little Easter eggs in the entire game. Um, after coming out of that uh, way again, now you just go down again. It's linear and such. And again, you can use the map to figure it out as well. But um, most of it's linear. Another interesting situation to come up when you get the guy with an axe kind of like walking against the ledge when you're on the high ground, so to speak, as, uh, as uh, uh, what was his name? Um, Obi-Wan would say in Star Wars uh, Episode 3, Anakin, I have the high ground. Well, yeah, you have the high ground, so just kind of duck and poke, and he will have a hard time ever even hitting you as long as you time everything right. Keep just, you know, going down again after exiting the cave, and it's the only choice you have anyway. Oh, I actually got hit by the axe guy this time. That stinks. But, uh, of course, again, some of you that aren't used to the timing of this game you might get hit by the axe guy quite a bit, and that's not a good thing. Um, shoot. It's one of the scariest looking things ever is somebody swinging an axe at you. I would not like that. I don't think anybody would. Uh, here's Johnny, that kind of thing. Remember that? Yeah, here's Johnny, all right. Whew. It ain't Johnny Carson, even though he tries to make it sound like it. So here's your Easter egg. You'll notice the surroundings. So um, remember Spectral Rock in Zelda 1? Well, you see that rock above with that, you know, there's that kind of like a pit next to it, like a, a, a square away from it or so. That is Spectacle Rock, like in Death Mountain in Zelda 1. You see the uh, lake-looking thing with the river below it? That's where level 4 was in Zelda 1. You see the forest to the uh, southwest, so to speak? Uh, south yeah, southwest. That's the lost forest in Zelda 1. Do you, do you get the trend here? This is Zelda 1, like shrunk down. Isn't it the coolest thing? Because then it's just showing you, look how much larger the world is now that it's Zelda 2. Woo-hoo-hoo. So, supposedly, this is several years after, but then in the... In the introduction in the American version, it says it's right after. And it's like, you know, you're, you're basically like Simon and Simon's quest after defeating Dracula. And, oh, yes, and even the, uh, like, above to the north, uh, to the north, basically. They put it to the northwest, but really in the real game, the original game, there's the cemetery. I, I guess it is to the northwest a little bit of the Lost Forest, the cemetery. So there's even that Easter egg. It's the, it's the world of Zelda 1, and for years I didn't notice it. And then all of a sudden you look at it, it's like, oh, I get it. So, in the, it looks like a hole basically you go in. It's like a cave, but it's like a hole. Uh, you know, it's like one square away from the rock that you can't do anything with yet. Go in there. What do you think is in here? The hammer. That's what you can beat the, uh, get with the rock. Unfortunately, you're met with some really rough Sons of Biscuits. Time everything, jump and all that. Take your, be patient, but be confident as you're going up against the axe bastard that throws stuff, that throws axes at you. I don't know, that kind of stuff just gives me nightmares looking at it. I mean, I think I have had nightmares about similar creatures coming at me with axes. It's it's not a dream that you want to have, honestly. But, well, sometimes crazy things happen and stuff. Maybe stay away from krill oil before you go to bed. Nah, keep having it because the dreams are interesting. 
they're not as bad as uh, that, usually. Unless you really want to dream about axe guys coming at you. That's really scary. Anyhow, whoop, dropped, a, dropped a point bag. That would be uh, two, 200 points, not 2,000. You're met with an elevator thingy. I say still go straight for now. You're eventually going to want to go down it. But for now, just go straight. There's something up here. I'm blanking at what it was. And we'll... Oh, it's a dead end. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that far. It's not that big of a problem. So, unless you get hit like a million times by these little uh, Octoroks, you shouldn't really... It really shouldn't affect you much. Go down the elevator and all that cute stuff. I'm actually literally just playing all this at once, not even like cutting anything out. But that's okay, because it's a very important part of the game. You must live. You must live, Cloud. Like uh, Zach once said, you must... Oh, I guess I glitched uh, one of the axe guys off the screen. That's quaint. Um, and right here you're met with... Uh, he's not there. Oh, there he is. Uh, a creature you can't reach with your sword. Yet. Not until you get the down thrust. The trick there is, wait on the ledge next to the ledge that that creature is on. Just stand there and let him kill himself. Because he's stupid. He just walks off the edge and dies. Because he's stupid. Otherwise, when you have the down thrust, you can kill those guys in one hit. So, eh, they're stupid anyway. Stupid is as stupid does, sir. So now you head to the... I don't know why I'm getting hit by these axe knights all of a sudden. My timing is getting off. I'm probably getting tired because I'm... <laughs> yeah, I'm in a tough time. A little bit. Another freaking axe knight thingy. That's not a knight. It's a gangster or whatever. He's a bastard. And he's dead. I got the hammer. It is hammer time. And this opens up a lot. And I mean a lot of paths throughout the rest of the game. Because you can also cut forests with the axe. How that works, I don't know. You just cut forests with the axe, so it just does. Uh, axe, excuse me. Um, it's called a hammer, but it must have an axe on it or something because you can cut uh, trees with it too. And there are parts in the game where you will be cutting uh, trees or you know squares of the forest, so to speak, to uh, reveal things. Not too many, but they're there. Son of a biscuit was waiting for me. Of course he was, the one that throws the axes. So we'll continue our way outward if humanly possible. And then now, uh, instead of going up the elevator, go to the... Well, that's probably a dumb move, but what the heck. Because there's another fudge-nucking axe guy. And he's an asshole and stuff. He really is. He's a thug. Got him. Yeah. I don't remember going this way, actually, in the past. Let's see what's over here. Probably another worthless dead end, right? With Octorox. Oh, it's got a red jar, so that's worth it. After getting all my resources drained by the son of a gun uh, beforehand, so... Yeah, now you can restore your life and all that um, and whatever else you're planning. So I'm in much better shape than I was before getting to that red jar, let me tell you. But um, yeah, because I would have fought that axe guy anyway, probably. Now you go up the elevator and just kind of work your way back out to the left, of course, instead of going right. And then eventually when you get out, you are going to hit that uh, rock with a hammer. And guess what? Goodies. Goodies. Oh my God, I'm falling. I'm falling. Magic container. That's right, it's a magic container. Kind of important, kind of nice, and now you're full in magic. And you know what I did that was really, really dumb? I think I had enough magic to heal myself, and I didn't use it before grabbing the magic container. So don't be dumb like Joey. Be smart. Um, heal yourself first if you have enough magic, and then grab the magic container. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops, that was not good. Uh, so in this case, now you want to start heading your way out. You do not want to have to go all the way back. That you came so you can go to the all the way to the right there's a new cave thingy mababi type of dilly 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 dally and um uh 
What am I trying to say? Work your way out. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't fall in the lava and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, so be careful for the Octoroks and all that. Time it right. And God willing, you should be fine. Well, the good news is once you come out, you're on a road, which means you're not going to get attacked by enemies. Isn't that nice? So that's a good thing. Back out you go. Out. Not out. Out. You have to have a Canadian accent. Um, why did I go this way? I, I, I'm not sure. Oh, well, just continue to cross the bridge. Maybe this, yeah, yeah, this is the only really way to go unless you want to just go back, which, I don't know. Sometimes my memory doesn't serve me as well as it does in other things, but um, you can tell I really like this game. Actually, I do. I really like this game a lot. Um, not as much as Secret of Evermore, maybe, but it's up there. It's it's up there. It's another one of those underrated games that uh, people don't always give it a, a good rap because it's freaking hard, you know? Because of those axe things, those axe thugs. Let's just call them what they are, axe thugs. That's what they look like. So <laughs> they look like somebody you wouldn't want to meet up with anywhere ever, like a lizard man or something. Um, but now you're kind of heading into some cemetery area, yes. So you're actually already on the other side of where I, one of the rocks was. You continue to work your way north, 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 until you get to kind of the, the road where you kind of sort of were before with a rock in the way, but now you're on the other side. But the good news is you can break the rocks anytime now and maybe pick up some items in those little cave areas in the swamp area that you couldn't access before. So, again, you have more access to everything, and and there's a new town, which I highly recommend going to now. Why the heck not? Yeah, that would be to the right. So go there first before you start picking up anything. Harbor Town of Mido. Mido. Again, I'm playing the English version for a reason. Uh, I do believe this is where you get the down thrust. Uh, again, heal up and all that good stuff. Eventually, you're going to want to get a heart container. I do believe this is the town. It's got to be. Avoid talking to the people walking for the most part, because some of them might be bad people. Um, yes, this is it. So you get to what looks like a church. An old, old, old church, which looks really cool, actually. You notice when you jump around, it, it, looks, it appears that you're hitting your head on something. What does that mean? It means there's solid ground there. So jump, laddie. Get to the high ground, if you can. Okay, yes, get to the high ground, go in there, go in the door that's, or window or whatever the heck it is that's up above. Work your way down. This is actually probably not the, yeah, it is. This is the thrust, yep. It's a knight this time. Yep, when you jump, press down, word, to stab. Very, 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 very valuable uh, ability that you gain because, well, before when you press downward to stab, nothing happened. So now you can have the down thrust, which is insanely valuable for all kinds of monsters, like those annoying beetles and stuff that walk beneath you and you can easily step on, and those obnoxious octoroks. So it makes everything more efficient having the down thrust. The up, up thrust is later on, next uh, few towns or so. Now you get the old lady who's, uh, she says, please, my daughter is sick. Help her, okay? So there is like a water of life somewhere. We'll get to that later. And then they'll give you the fairy spell. And that one can help you fly above really, really, really high areas that you can't jump over. So, and really, really dangerous areas. You'll also notice there's what looks like kind of a, mm, like a dock. You can't do anything yet until you have a raft. So make note of that. For now, we can mess around and head to the uh, west into the swamp area, again, by breaking the rock and all that good stuff. And you can also break the rock, uh, obviously, again, in front of the 
caves and in front of the very first town of the game you can break the rock so you can have quicker access say if you die or you just want to go to the earlier part of the game or whatever um, you have quicker access now with this uh, hammer so let's go to the cave or whatever that is to the uh, south east to like just down and right a little bit from that first rock um, from the very first time in the game. Now you have the down thrust. You can kill those stupid little characters that are really, really close to the ground and the annoying beetle type thingies. And you can use it on anything. You can use it on the Goria too. You just kind of hack away at him by just bouncing off his head with a sword. That sounds real pleasant, doesn't it? That would be really nasty to watch somebody doing that, but that would hurt uh, and it'd be really gory. Um, this is a heart container. Congratulations. And so now your heart, uh, your life meter is as large as your magic meter. Um, so there you go. And let me tell you, in any place, if you ever see a fairy, like walking around with the monsters, hit that fairy right away, because God willing, you'll be able to fill up and all that. Um, now we head to the, wow, that was stupid. <laughs> we head to the, <laughs> thank God for the pause button, though. We head to the, you know, further to the west a bit, into the swamp area. There's another cave with a rock in front of it that you passed much earlier. Uh, head on inside and let's uh, check it out. You get these stupid f uh, fish skeletons coming out again, which are really annoying. And I acted like I had the up thrust, which I don't have yet. The down thrust is helpful here and everywhere else throughout the game to kill the fish or whatever the heck else you want to use it on. It is definitely a difference maker and always will be. Um, yep, we get those axe thugs again. Aren't we happy to see them uh, and all that? So, yep, and you get the throwing one. You get the swinging one and the throwing one. It's wonderful. Um, again, jumping and being aggressive and to think that there's two of those, uh, three of those SOBs in a row. That's just real thoughtful. Uh, but this is your water of life. So now you can get the fairy spell uh, by giving it to the old woman. She can then administer it to her daughter. Isn't that, don't you like how I said that? Administer the medicine to her daughter. Yes. And uh, now you can get the fairy spell. That's what I'm talking about. So then, of course, you go back to that harbor town of Midu, you know, that's by the desert and everything that we just went to for the first time. Um, in one of the houses, you get to hear about about error. Isn't that cool? Error or error? <laughs> well, you go in one of the houses where it's kind of one of those skinny guys standing um, kind of close to the wall, and he says, ask error of Ruto about the palace. So, yep, it's probably how you get to the palace for the first time. So there is a use for error. The anger video game nerd was just a, a hater saying that's one of the most useless characters in a video game is I am error. Nope, he actually does have a purpose and I thought he did. But first we're going to get the fairy. But even before that, make sure I fill up the magic power and all that. I already filled the life up along my way over, which is really cute. Um, and there's the old lady. The water of life! Exclamation point. Quick, come with me. Yes, come with me, laddie. It's like, no, I won't. No, yes, I will, because I want to get the fairy spell. Little though I know that's exactly what I'm getting, but but um, I know it, because I know the future, you see. This magic word will give you power. I don't think becoming a fairy gives you power, but it might give you some more mobility. Luckily, my magic's built up enough at level 5, which is probably really crazy, considering I've only beaten two levels. That, uh, yeah, it's already, you only use 40 magic points, so to speak, to uh, use it, which is a good thing. Build that magic up because, you know, eh, you know, it becomes more useful then. You can, you know, yeah, you don't run out as fast. That's a good thing. Doggone it. Um, for curiosity and for bleeps and giggles, 
Let's go to Rudo and talk to Error. Error, which very few people have done, I'm sure. After, uh, yeah, because, you know, after talking to that guy, now Error will serve a bigger purpose than telling me he's Error. Unfortunately, Ruto is the one that's way, way over again. Once you see you break the rock back to get in the original area of the game. The first town is Rauru, I guess is how you pronounce it. But luckily, you can just walk on the road. It just takes a little bit. So you can avoid monsters if you want to, and you can fight them if you want to. Who cares, I guess. Um, another note that I should mention between the Japanese and the American version, the battles and the caves and such, how they have the, you know, they have a pretty cool sound in the American version that I played earlier. The Japanese version has a much more boring sound. Um, I don't know if I have the file for that one, but I'll, I'll look for it, and if I find it, I will play it, but I don't have it at this moment because it's not available. And it's ironic what a dinky little house Error lives in, poor guy. He looks like one of the wealthier people. South of King's Tomb, yep. South of King's Tomb in Mido is a tunnel. Yep, so there's Error serving a purpose. It's like I kind of, yeah, like I knew that already because I've played the game several times. I was thinking of just starting to go down there, but that's a hint, though. See, it's like if you want to know how to get down there or you want to know what Error's purpose in the game is, that's what it is. If, uh, say, you're playing the game for the first time ever because either you're younger or you just never really got around to playing this one for some reason. Maybe you heard, oh, it's it's hard and it's kind of dumb and it's a side-scrolling Zelda game. What's that? Um, it's a good game. I like it, but I like it. You don't, you don't have to like it. <laughs> it's kind of like Castlevania in a way. It kind of is, but a sword instead of a whip, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's your next destination, which will take you to level 3 which is where eventually you will get the raft. So literally directly south of the King's Tomb, which is the one uh, cross that's in the center of the whole uh, cemetery. Unfortunately, you hit with monsters, there's going to be tons of ghosts everywhere, and it's kind of scary, and it sucks. But eventually, as you go straight south from the King's Tomb, you will fall into a, you know, a, you'll fall basically into a tunnel or whatever the heck. And um, this is where you'll need the fairy spell because it's you can't jump that high. As you head to the right, heading to the left, you just leave. So you want to head to the right. And this is where the fairy spell comes in. You fly up. It's a cute little adorable thing. Once you get to the next screen, you're no longer a fairy. You're back to being Link and all that cute stuff. Keep heading to the right, 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 right. And you'll eventually wind up at the Island Palace, which is level three. Level three. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um... Nice to get my attack level up again, which is crazy leveled hide. Uh, but yep, we're at the Island Palace and all that good stuff. Work your way to the palace and we will start our next job. And like most of the other palaces, unlike, well, level one doesn't have it and one of the others doesn't have it. I forget if it's level four or five. Does not have it where you touch the statue, hit the statue, and you'll either get an enemy or a red jar. Most of the time it's a red jar. Um, and in this case, it is again. So, yes, go go for that before you continue. Um, obviously, you fill up as much as you need to. You can always walk out and get another one, hopefully. And then you can have full power before starting the level. And just flat out do it. It's literally like a freebie for you. So why would you pass up on it? Nothing cheap about it. Anyway, let's get on with level three, for God's sakes. It's like taking about 50 years. But, yep, we're on our way in. It's This isn't really one of the, the harder levels, necessarily. So... We'll just kind of continue our progress here. Eventually, we're going to get the raft. That's kind of the main treasure here. Uh, another new monster is kind of like a guy that throws what look like kind of like little morning stars. Best way to get them is uh, your your new uh, attack ability called the down thrust, which is definitely a factor. 
at this part of the game. You get those little tiny things as well that you have to have the down thrust to even get. But the down thrust is very effective against those slow moving but dangerous, uh, I don't know, they're just kind of like mean looking soldiers that throw like morning star uh, items or little maces or whatever the heck at you. Yeah, very effective way to use the down thrust. And you'll notice that throughout this level, the down thrust is a big, big uh, new thing. The up thrust would be nice in those ghosts that drop fire on you, but we don't quite have that yet. So, well, we'll get that for the next level. And as I say, 50 times every episode, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Here's the first part where you literally, you know, you could not beat this level without the down uh, thrust because you can you get a key by digging through the rocks in one of the uh, parts later on. You can also use the rocks kind of similar to, uh, you know, the rocks or whatever they are, blocks, the stone blocks, so to speak, when you're using the down thrust to create little pits. So like certain characters, like say the one, you know, there's one that's coming up right close to where there's a key early on in the uh, level. Um, where he can fall in and then he's even less effective and you can really trap, you can trap him in like a little pit, so to speak, that you create with your down thrust and to, uh, take him out very quickly again with down thrust on his head, so to speak. And it's like that with other monsters. It's kind of like the Super Mario 3 effect and how you kill Bowser in a sense at the end of that game. We'll talk about that one someday. Interesting tip as well. Um, see if there's two blocks, like say if you destroy two blocks, and there's a third block, so to speak. I don't even know how to explain it. It'd be better with a video. But you can walk, get enough, gain enough momentum by simply walking to still be able to jump up there without having to use the jump spell. Otherwise, just uh, destroy the third block on top to effectively create a very uh, doable jump to get to the next level, so to speak. You'll kind of understand what I'm talking about when you get to the level that I'm at right now, this part of the level where you're destroying blocks and fighting guys. I often find myself wanting to kill the soldier that's kind of in the blocks as well that you don't have to beat, but I end up, often end up wanting to because it's 100 points. Dang it, I'm greedy. So so I'm greedy, so sue me. You'll also, as you keep heading to the right, so to speak, in the first, you know, underground part of this level, like as you're actually underground, where you can um, get above ground. Uh, where, well, you know, as you're walking around, you suddenly are above ground because this is like the ground level, so to speak. You're not underground, really. It might look like you are, but you're not, I guess. Uh, you are suddenly above ground a little bit. It's kind of like a, I don't know, like a oh, fudge knuckers. It's kind of like a mm, like a courtyard or something like that, but you get a key there, so it's actually kind of important. Uh, watch out for the stupid ghosts, because yeah, I got hit way too many times. That's why you heard me say fudge knuckers. Um, you do have to jump. You, this is one where you do need the jump spell to even get to that area as you just can basically just keep trying to go right, 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 right. And of course throughout this level, again, like any other level, and I've said this a hundred times and I'll keep saying it throughout the game, yep, use uh, FAQ maps, so to speak, like maps throughout the game. NESmaps.com, Zelda 2, that one's kind of like a good place to go. Uh, you can enlarge and, and shrink them down whatever size you want with the uh, Control plus or shift shift plus and shift minus on your keyboard. So fun stuff It's just a efficient way to play through the game honestly Because quite frankly, I don't think it's cheating. It really isn't. Um, you know, I mean <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, if you want to play through it without it, that's totally fine I mean totally fine. I'm not blaming you and but you know It certainly helps doing reviews and such as well having it uh, so, just so you know where you're going, you can uh, actually tell people where to go and such. So, thank you, NAS Maps. I'll give you shout-outs forever during this episode. Another new monster, and this one might be as annoying as they come, 
how it kind of goes from up level, down level, so to speak, up and up, you know, from one level to down, one level up, down, up, down, kind of like the Medusa heads in Castlevania. Uh, there were horse heads like that earlier in level two as well. Oh my God, it's just ridiculous. The most annoying things of all time. I believe that would be Castlevania 1 and 3. Those freaking Medusa heads. And Zelda 2 has monsters like that in this game. So I guess we all shouldn't be surprised because it's a hard freaking game. And hard games have really annoying monsters. So, yeah. Um, yeah. This, this might be a, there might be a part that you think, oh, yay, I can use the fairy and just cheat my way through. But then there's a wall. So, bleep. You gotta, yeah, just stay link and kind of endure so you can bust through the wall with your glove, so to speak, as you're hitting it with a sword, basically. The glove turns it into a uh, breakable force, so to speak. Otherwise, without the glove, you're screwed. And you probably wouldn't be this far in the game anyway. And as you're getting closer and closer to the raft, which is basically in the far right area of, say, like ground level 2, so to speak, um, you'll run into a blue knight, which can, uh, which actually can throw the, the swords at you, so to speak. Kind of like Link when he's full power, that type of thing. Very, very, very difficult if you have enough magic, like where you have enough to, yeah, it's nice and full, so to speak. Use shield. It's worth it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, so so you take half the damage from him because he's really difficult. Again, kind of being a, uh, aggressive, kind of jumping and attacking, so to speak, is a quick way to get rid of him. But even still, he's going to hit you two, three, four times unless you're some kind of spectacular uh, uh, perfectionist gamer, so to speak, which some of you might be, but... Unfortunately, I can't say I am. Uh, occasionally, I get red hot and start making great play after great play after great play, like Matt Boldy lately for the Minnesota Wild, but uh, not quite <clears throat> the case with uh, myself with Zelda 2 at the moment, per se. <laughs> it's not been that easy. Unfortunately, the raft is, I mean, as valuable as it is, it's only used in like one or two areas pretty much throughout the game, but still absolutely has its uses. I mean, it's nothing to like you know, it's nothing to sneeze at, so to speak. Still nice to have. I mean, without it, you can't beat the game. So get the dang raft, obviously. <laughs> Just kidding. Eventually, you're going to happen upon your next boss. This is not a very large level, not very confusing either. But this one is going to be, it's kind of like a jouster, basically. It's a blue knight on a blue horse, which he will joust at you. The best way to beat him is, again, the down thrust. As he kind of comes at you, kind of run towards him or walk towards him as he's starting to come towards you and down jump over and down thrust jump over and down thrust it but again be patient and all that for him to come at you and uh, eventually the horse will die and then it's just you with the blue knight with the ability to uh attack with his freaking throwing weapon but yep so he's not too hard but he, he can be it's actually he's much harder when he's done jousting and it's just one-on-one -on -one with the blue knight like it was uh you know a few minutes ago Shield or life or whatever. If you only have enough for life, favor that versus shield. If you can do both, do both. Watch that life meter every time. I've been caught so many times. And what's really annoying about this a-hole is he kind of backs off the screen at times. And then you can't hit him. Really annoying. So freaking annoying. So you have to kind of back off and let him come back in. He is an annoying son of a biscuit for that reason. And in case I didn't play the boss music earlier, I'll play it again here. Maybe I'll play it twice or three times throughout the game, but uh, here's the boss music.
And I should mention, just in case you didn't know, your shield will work against the, uh, the swords coming at you, so to speak. It will work when he's throwing swords, so you can go up, down, so to speak, to block them, but I don't know. Eventually you're going to want to hit the SOB, so you got to eventually make the choice. Like, shields down and attack, or shields up and just sit there forever and still maybe get hit sometimes, so be aggressive. That's the best way to go, most of the time, as long as you're able to heal and have a good, uh, have the shield spell um, in play as well. Sometimes the most effective way to really finally get to get to attack him and all that is kind of all you like work your way all the way to the right or left side of the screen, whichever case that he's not on, and he'll finally get close enough where you could be more aggressive and attack him eventually. Because I mean, he can walk off the screen. It's so freaking cheap and unfair, and still kind of come out and attack you. It's so pathetic and stupid. But well, that's part of what makes the game hard. Yay! Uh, beat it though. That's the good part. Hopefully you beat it as well. And we move on and power up something, whatever it is, or wait to power up something soon after that, which isn't the dumbest idea in the world because now we have the raft. We can kind of move around to uh, other adventures and such. Maybe uh, use the raft to get to the other area, get the fire spell and all that because all the lady needs is water, basically, the next town. So that's kind of about where we're about to head is to the next area. Otherwise, you can level build with the Gorias around the previous town where you got the dumb, uh, the down thrust, not the dumb thrust. It's a very smart thrust. It's, it's down. Yeah. And it's one of the most valuable things in the game, honestly, the down thrust. It's a complete difference maker, if you hadn't noticed. So now that we're the frick out of there, go to the uh, dock area below the little town. Now you go across the ocean or sea. I guess it's a sea. That's just my guess. Um, unfortunately, these tech tights is what they are. They look like beetles in a cage or something that jump around, but they're tech tights. Your Nintendo is not glitching, like how Nintendo games would glitch sometimes and have look like they have bars on them, like characters that look like they have bars on them when it's glitching. Not what's happening here, of course. This is what they are. They're tech tights with those long legs. Get to the town as soon as you can, because you're going to need the fire spell to even hit the tech tights. Apparently in the uh, Japanese version, which I you know, really enjoy, I think it's a more fun game. Just the music is a little crappier. But it's a funner game. And of course, unfortunately, you can't understand a word they're saying because it's all in Japanese text. So there's that too. Japanese symbols and all that. Um, still, there we go. It's a nice looking girl with a red dress. This one is not the one that asks you uh, to come inside. Eventually, you'll get that one too. But this one says, I'm thirsty. So what, what do you do? Walk just a couple feet to where a fountain is. Press the button, like, you know, the uh, B button. Want to get some water? Well, of course. Then you bring it to her. Boy, what an easy thing this was. Easiest quest in the world, rather than risking your life to go get a, a child or some, uh, you know, water of life or a trophy or whatever the heck. No, just a little bit of water. Sounds like my wife, actually. Um, anyhow, you have some water. Come to my house. Yes. Well, you're well. That's, that's inviting. Unfortunately, you never see her again. Uh, but just like all the others, you go down inside to the wise man of the village, so to speak. And he will give you fire. He will give you a foy. Foy, as they say in Japanese. This magic will make your sword shoot foy. I mean fire, sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm being rude. Uh, yeah. But luckily, foy is very cheap. And in this part of the game, you can level build very, very quickly. Especially in the Japanese version, because you don't even need foy to attack these guys. Um, but, well, you can recover your magic in the town over... And over and over and over again with the orange-colored uh, lady, so to speak, the magic color. But, yeah, and you can heal with the other nice-looking girl that uh, fills you up and all that good stuff. So, we got that going for us, which is always a good thing. 
Um, I didn't even read the name of the town. I'm about to get to the other side. As I continue to waltz around, please help us. Yes, okay, never mind. Um, welcome to Naburo. Na Naburu. Naburu. Everything sounds Japanese, like Parappa. What do you think Parappa is? Paper. The Paper Palace. Doesn't sound real scary, does it? Yeah, it's the Paper Palace. Um, try to get the weaker ones, which are the weaker monsters, so to speak. Because if you get the stronger one, it's got those annoying birds that come down nonstop and steal your magic. Uh, yeah, they steal your experience, which is stupid. So don't waste your time with that. Take the weaker ones, because then you get the Tektites. You will need fire, because it just does nothing kills them in the game without foy, I mean fire. But um, unfortunately, yeah, they're pretty strong in this version of the game, too. They're a little bit easier in the Japanese version, and you build up faster. You actually get a little bit less experience, but if they're easier, well, who cares? If you get less experience, you'll gain it faster and stuff. But, um, well, I got 150 experience points, but got my butt kicked along the way. So if you want to, yeah, level build here for a little bit. It's probably not the dumbest idea in the world, honestly. Honestly, an effective strategy to get rid of these guys uh, quickly is when you hit them, just kind of keep rapidly attacking really quick because they'll be stunned to like stop and place, so to speak. And if there's another tech type right behind them, you'll hit them both with the fire. So, yeah, and you can just kind of hack away, hack away until they're dead. So that's an effective way to take care of them, no doubt. But, yeah, I do recommend level building here a bit, maybe as much as possible. And in the Japanese version, this is actually where I build up a ton of extra guys. You can do that in the American version, but you need nine thousand points to get to there that's of course once you have eight uh level eight life magic and sword right now just to update you for the heck of it i'm at um strength is five magic is five and life is six already so yeah some people might not be this far along but uh, i recommend being as far as possible because it just makes the game easier honestly i mean the easier the better eh with all of that said, keep level building to your heart's desire. But for the sake of the uh, episode, let's kind of continue north of the village you just came from with uh, where you gained the fire and all that. Head north into the little cave, and we can kind of head towards uh, the mountain town coming up shortly. That's kind of the next idea. Of course, caves have all the same type of monsters, that flying bats that turn into, like, demonic things that are annoying and a headache and all that. Um, the upthrust will be very valuable for those things later. You also run into one of these, like, bluish, greenish, teal-colored lizards. Only fire can kill them. And in the uh, Japanese version, again, just like the uh, uh, tech types you just were fighting and level building with, you don't need fire to kill them. It's just fire helps. It just kind of helps, that type of thing. So go figure with uh, how that all works. But as uh, to get to the next town, again, if you don't have a world map, once you exit the cave, head north a little bit and then head west, young man. And then you run into some invisible levels that are really annoying and all that. But there's little tricks you can do with some of them where you can maybe bump into a monster right on the exact spot of the level. You skip the level. So, because sometimes if it's like a road, you literally can skip that whole little uh, invisible level. Um, but usually it's just the one out of three because the further in you go, you're not going to be seeing monsters anymore. So that's just how that goes. But I guess it depends on where you're at in the game and all that. If it's not a road, then monsters will still appear. And again, oftentimes you're going to want to use that trick, especially when you're heading towards the, the Great Palace near the end of the game. But then what do I always say? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yes. <laughs> also, again, your shield will deflect the projectiles that are released by the Tektites. 
Uh, they don't look like rocks. I don't think they are. But the shield will deflect them, but you have to have the shield at the correct level, high or low, so to speak. Like, say you're standing and it's coming low, of course, you need to be able to block, kneel down and block it or vice versa. So, kind of typical in what you'd expect throughout the game. Uh, you also get these floating uh, eyes kind of type of deal. The down thrust comes in real handy when you start running into these. I believe this is when you first start seeing these more often. It's kind of this part of the game or so, approximately. Uh, yeah, they're annoying as hell. The down thrust comes in real handy, and they only die when you uh, step on them. They're kind of like floating gomas. Like, remember the goma crab in uh, in um, in uh, Zelda 1, where it only gets damaged with the eye being open? Same here with these. They have to be... The eye has to be open, and the down thrust comes in incredibly handy. Otherwise, you'll just bounce off of them if you're swinging the sword at them and making them a lot more dangerous, to be quite fair. And just in case you haven't figured this out yet, the select button is the pause button in this part of the game. Uh, and also the fact that you're heading towards the town, it's desert, so you can trigger monsters and go into the level, so to speak, like skip a level if the level's more dangerous or more frustrating. Actually, the pause is the start is the pause button. Okay, I'm an idiot. But what else is new, right? <laughs> I know. I do, and I do recommend using that cheat because the levels are harder. You're more likely to be like fall into a pit or something. You're better off fighting the monsters in the desert area versus the uh, dealing with the levels. So that's just a quick little cute strategy. So basically, you walk. You're, you set it up where you're walking into the monster, so to speak, as you're walking to where the level is. Do you understand what I mean? So that's the trick. It's a very effective trick that I just kind of learned on my own many, many, many years ago because, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I wasn't this little genius, but I came up with cute little ideas to kind of make, make things easier, like work smarter, not harder. Isn't that something we all like to say? And of course, if you don't trigger the, the battle scene, so to speak, and you go into the level, just walk back out and try again. It's harmless. So that's the cool part about it. I believe, yep, there's only two levels on the way in. Then you finally get to the mountain town, so the sky is purple, why that is? I don't know. It's kind of cool, though. The mountain town of Darunia. Darunia. Doesn't get more interesting than that, right? You'll notice there are chimneys. Oh, and when you touch the... When you say, like, you're jumping around a little bit and you can touch the roof, you kind of hit your head, where in other towns you don't do that. Hmm. You can walk on the roofs here when you jump. Yes, you can. Um, but it's not needed in the first screen. It's a little bit later on. There's a roof where clearly you can't get there by even using the jump spell because it's a little high. So you go to a roof that's a little lower as you head to the left, a smaller house. Jumpy dumpy. This is again after you get through the first little town, uh, towel, tunnel, the tunnel, and then head back to the left on the roof, a la like Santa Claus or something like that. And then you get to the uh, house that's a little bit odder height compared to all the others. Go down the chimney like Santa Claus. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, you now have the next magic guy. No, you now have the, the upthrust, the upthrust. You meet the other powerful knight, as they call him. This one has a spear and kind of looks like a guy from the late 70s or early 80s, a rock band type of deal. Um, press up to stab, and it's pretty cool. So basically, you are just press up and A at the same time, and you have the upthrust, which is insanely valuable throughout the rest of the game for so many reasons. Like, say those stupid bats that come uh, swooping down, boink. Goodbye, get the heck out of my face. So now you have all the mobility of up and down thrusting. Um, yeah, take that as you will. That might not have sounded real good. <clears throat> I think this is where, this is the town where you have to rescue a child. And that's, of course, going into the uh, level, that says you're heading towards level four. Um, rescue the kidnapped child on the, on the Island. Yep, so there's a very large Island, kind of like Australia. 
Hello, Vince Germano. <laughs> the largest island in the world is Australia, mate. So, uh, yes, that's your next level, level four. And that's basically as you head towards the east in this deserty area that's now above the cave, above the town where you get fire. Yeah, that was real good English, but it works. You know what I mean, that town where you get fire. You know, like like the restaurant that I used to, the, the restaurant I used to call it, because I didn't know the name of the restaurant, the place that I like cheese, because they made those cute little cheese uh, things. I guess they're a baby bell cheese. I didn't know what it was back in the mid-80s. And um, I called it the place that I like cheese. And then <laughs> and then it turned out the name of the restaurant was Jack's. J-A-X. Really hard to remember, I guess. J-A-X. But... That's all it was. So Jack's is the place that I like cheese. It's a cafe in northeast Minneapolis. Check it out. I'm in a giving mood. Remember, I'm Santa Claus. I'm jumping down uh, chimneys and stuff to get the uh, upthrust. So, of course, I'm in a generous mood. I just got the upthrust for free, kind of. I guess a jump spell. And then, um, you know, why not give a free plug to a really nice restaurant, I suppose. So as you head further and further and further east, you'll notice a very, very large bridge. You basically walk into it, and now you're on the Island or the island, or whatever you like to call it. We'll call it the Island. Um, and, yep, you'll want the player's guide for this as well, just to kind of know the right way to go. Once you eventually have the boots, like the walking boots, so to speak, you can walk on water. You can be kind of like uh, Jesus a little bit, but not, not really. Uh, it's the boots that help you walk, not Jesus himself in this case. Uh, Jesus is more powerful than the, uh, the boots, at least I'd like to believe that. Yes, yes, I would. Um, but <laughs> you can walk on the water, the river, so to speak, once you have them. But unfortunately, guess where the boots are? In the next level, where, which is where we're headed. So a lot of good that does us at the moment. So you got to kind of move over your way through the maze and the island, the island, sorry, which will eventually take you to level four, which is uh, not the easiest level in the world because you're dealing with magic uh, <clears throat> magicians, which can only be beaten by deflecting the spell back towards them. And you better get the child first here in the island because if you don't have the reflect spell, you cannot beat level four. So you better get the child on this island first, head back to the uh, mountain town of Darunia, if I'm saying it correctly, and then you get your reflect spell, and then you can beat the level. Otherwise, it's a suicide mission. You can't win. You can't win because the final boss of this level is a big giant magician that you got to reflect the magic back to, and if you can't reflect the magic back to him, you can't beat him and you're going to die. The good news is the lost child is not all that hard to find, but again, you can use the player's guide and bleeping game genie with the codes inside okay sorry <laughs> so you kind of when you come in from the bridge sorry the long bridge or whatever head south and just kind of walk along the lower lower area of the island maze and then just kind of simply walk north walk north walk north duck north and all the way to the dead end and down you go and it's the cave where the child is isn't that great but then you start fighting these lizards who are a little bit better with the shield than the dark nuts in fact they're annoying as hell but the strategy is the same. Jump and swing, jump and swing, jump and swing. Pick up the little boy, and there he is. Hey, little guy. I, I guess it's a boy. I think so. Um, that was extremely easy. But um, I don't think the little boy would be able to win in a fight against that big giant lizard. Lizard breath that came straight out of hell itself. But now you head back to the town of Darunia, get the reflect spell, and um, away you go. You're in good shape. Sounds good, right? What doesn't sound good is you have to kind of maneuver your way all the way back, but, well, I think you've kind of figured that out on your own already. That's how this game is. It's, you know, it's a fun game, but there's a tedious side to it. But it wouldn't be challenging if there wasn't, like, hard parts of it, right? This game is 
not, uh, it's definitely not deprived of challenge. It's uh, quite common in this one, eh? Not bad, eh? Not bad. Did you ever notice how the overworld Link looks just like the little Link dolls that are extra guys? Well, because it is the exact same sprite. So, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's funny, isn't it? I I like that aspect when you when you notice that kind of thing. Just like the miniature Zelda one uh, world, so to speak, that's uh, south of Death Mountain. Death Mountain, because remember, Death Mountain is way north in Zelda one. So, it's just kind of cool and funny when you like notice all this kind of stuff. I like it. And then you get to the old lady that uh, says, you are a hero for saving my child. Don't you mean your grandchild? I, I guess it's possible, but grandchild. Let's just assume it's your grand, grandson. Come, she says, come hither. And then you head inside. And then you get the reflect spell, which is the awesomest thing ever. Let's see exactly what the uh, magician or wise man says. Oh, there he is. This magic will strengthen... A shield. Well, it sure does, doesn't it? So, yep, now you can use Reflect, but unfortunately, just like most other spells, say you're on a screen, you cast a Reflect spell, and your shield can reflect all, or, yeah, reflect magic back at the magicians and all that stuff. Once you change, once you walk through the screen, like to the right or left or whatever, or the screen changes as this thing does in this side-scrolling uh, masterpiece, uh, guess what? You, your Reflect spell is null and void now, and you got to use it again each time. So, kind of depends on where you are, at, where you're at in the level. So don't overuse it or you'll run out of magic and have to pray to God that you find uh, magic jars here and there. So kind of like throughout the rest of the game, don't overuse your magic. I should also mention this is the part of the desert where you first run into the... What are those things called? Doggone it. The, the uh, Zelda 1 monsters that come out of the ground. I get it mixed up. The Tektites actually are the... The Tektites are the spiders, so those are not Tektites that we're shooting at you. Those are the Octoroks. As for these, I believe they're called Levers. Yep, like Lever alone. Yeah, the Levers are what come out of the ground. So I was calling those other things Tektites. Octoroks are these beetle things. I'm actually looking at Octoroks right now in these little levels. There's red and blue ones that shoot rocks at you. That's the Octoroks from Zelda 1. The Levers are in the desert. They come out of the, the sand. You know, they're burrowed in. And these floating things are kind of like um, miniature... Uh, <clears throat> goma, goma crabs in a way, even though they're not crabs. They're just, a, I don't know, a floating eye in a lot of ways. Whatever they are, they stink, they suck, and I hate them. Your next uh, matter of business is to now work your way to the castle. And again, you do not have the walk-on-water shoes yet, or boots, or whatever they are. So you got to kind of make your way around the uh, maze. <clears throat> Use the player's guide and work your way around. You're going to run into all kinds of those mini levels and you can't unfortunately cheat your way through those because there's no monsters here on the ground because when you're on the road the monsters do not appear one other great thing of note there is a magic container like in one of the tunnels you fall into so to speak in the uh, the maze it is basically on the west central side of the island maze so go for that get that you're going to want it no doubt especially as you head into a level where you need to use magic quite a bit coming up Another interesting thing, the little bridges are not, I repeat, not mini-levels. The mini-levels just kind of randomly appear as you're walking around. You can kind of back out and exit them and go the other way, see what happens. Occasionally, you will probably have to run into them, but uh, now I'm personally getting the magic jar as I speak, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, yeah, that is, oh, and I'm a, ah, oh, jeez. One thing, if you... <laughs> use magic before you touch it because it will fill everything up and I didn't do that I could have used life that was ah uh, crap <laughs> well yeah learn from me
I'm like Brett Favre throwing bad interceptions. That's why Aaron Rodgers got so smart, right? Right? Just, just ask Aaron. He's the smartest quarterback in the history of football. Another thing with those indestructive, uh, indestructible bad guys, so to speak, that you run into, like the flying, um, whatever the heck those things are. They're kind of like flying octoroks, I guess, kind of like it. And then the lizards and stuff. You can use your down thrust as kind of like a defensive weapon, in a sense, as you can just bounce off of them and keep moving if you're just not in the mood to screw around and fight and use magic and get hurt and all that. So that's an effective way to get around things as well. So just make a personal note of that now that you have the down thrust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you get to the level, it's a huge, huge relief. Uh, another thing, if you're low on lives and such, like some people might be, um, you don't have to worry about all the mad, uh, all the uh, levels being at the same level. Whereas in the Japanese version, so you gain levels faster, but they have to be even. It has to be like three, 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 or five, 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 or whatever. Otherwise, if it's five, four, four, everything goes back down to level four if you die. So, or say if it's five, five, four. Everything goes back to level four, so you're going to be pissed off. But if I were to die, everything is, well, whatever level I gained, I gained. They're, they're, they're mine, dang it. It just takes longer. So it's kind of pick your poison one way or another. I personally like the Japanese version better, but the American version has better music, and you can read what the people are saying and read the name of the towns and all that cool stuff. And thankfully, this level also has the little magic jar trick in the statue in the opening part of the level. So uh, take advantage of that, of course. Occasionally, it's a bad guy, so you can just walk back out and back in, but there is an annoying ghost that drops fire. But you do have the up thrust now, should you get sick and tired of the son of a biscuit. And of course, if it long as also as he flies at the same level as you, don't waste a jump spell just to kill one ghost. That's kind of lame, even though... If you've built your magic up enough, jump gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. In fact, by the time you're at level 8, jump is the cheapest magic spell in the game. Cool, huh? As for level 4, get ready for the hardest level yet. And it is. This uh, The game gets harder and harder in increments, so to speak. Except for, like, say, Death Mountain. It gets super hard real quick. But then, you know, things kind of chill out a little bit. Level 3 is not as hard as Death Mountain. At least I don't think so. Level 4 is getting up there because now you're dealing with these uh, annoying sorcerers or magicians or whatever the heck they are that appear and disappear and appear and disappear and shoot um, spells at you and you can only kill them by reflecting the spells back at them. Like I've said 50 times already. And yes, of course, you can... Uh, Get the player's guide out all if you want, like player's guide online, player's guide maps, whatever the heck we call them. And if you just want to play it uh, out the way like normal and the challenge and all that stuff, go ahead. It's up to you. All up to you. This level, though, you'll also be using a, the fairy a bit. So you're going to need the fairy possibly. Like, say you start falling down, but you don't want to keep falling, so you have to use the fairy. So that's another thing you got to factor in. So you really need magic a lot in this level. And of course, there are magic red jars that pop up either when defeating a stronger enemy and in the statues and stuff. There's multiple situations like that. But use the statue ones sparingly because when they're gone, they're gone. Until, like, say, unless you exit the level and come back, then, then everything resets. But, uh, well, depends on your situation, I guess. There's also funny parts where there's little tiny narrow pits where there's a pee, bar, pee, pee bag, point bag, so to speak. And sometimes those obnoxious, like, skinny knights that are, whatever they are, demon, little demons, whatever, that jump out of the ceiling, so to speak. Sometimes they'll go, they'll fall on the little, you know, divot or whatever, and you can't get it, which is annoying, because unless they jump out. So you hope that they'll jump out, then you can get it. Otherwise, well, eh, well, whatever. <laughs>
Now there are parts also where you actually don't have to use the ferry if you're an effective jumper, like you time your jump effectively. Like, so you walk all the way to the edge of the disappearing bridge, you know, as the bridge will, you know, it disintegrates as you walk on it, so to speak. You've seen a bunch of that already in this game. Uh, you get as close as you can to the edge and jump for dear life. You don't even have to use the jump spell, but you can. It's cheaper than fairy, so at least most of the time it is. Yeah, it is. So it's kind of up to you with that as well, if you want to take that risk. Um, and But fairy is probably the, yes, that's a waste. You don't need it on the first one. Say so you're just kind of trying to work your way towards the farthest right to go get the first key in the game, in the level and there's the first uh, red magic jar and there is a part as you get one of the keys later on with the blocks and all that you know you have to dig through the blocks like a previous level where you have those up and down obnoxious medusa head like characters it is one of the most annoying parts of the entire game like you're guaranteed to have your power just drained at this part and it's ridiculous like beyond belief so you're going to probably want to equip the jump spell to get the heck out of the blocks and work your way the heck out of there as fast as possible. It's yeah, You're guaranteed to get hit a bit here. It's just the way it is. It's obnoxious. As you're in kind of that left, or, that left, uh, that left area, right area, excuse me, right area, when you're trying to get the, uh, the key, there's tricks. You know, obviously there's pits where you could fall in, but you can also uh, kind of trick the guy throwing the mazes at you to fall in the pit as well. So then, then you prevent a... You know, potentially losing your life or getting damaged by from that guy at the very least. Getting knocked in from a, a stray uh, mace or he just knocks you in in general. But yeah, you can cheat a little bit too. Basically right after that, just kind of fall into the next pit. Or yeah, just kind of, kind of fall into the pit, so to speak. And then jump to the right again. You know, this time you don't need to use a fairy or jump or anything crazy like that. Just, uh, you know, like have the jump spell or anything like that. Just kind of... Just kind of walk or jump a little bit and then head towards the right. Unfortunately, you get another one of those blue knights that are really annoying. But at least you have the key to get in and you can already, that's right, already get the boots. Cool, eh? So now you can walk on water, my friend. And he walked on that water, ladies and gentlemen. Hit <laughs> again, you go. Woohoo. And walk towards the right again as you land on the disappearing platform and get knocked into the lava by those Medusa head type horse head, dragon head piles of poop. Yeah, they're really annoying, and they can knock you in very easily. You can kind of guess what just happened. Suffice to say, this level sucks, and is one of the most obnoxious in the game. In fact, it's probably the third hardest and most annoying. Level 5 is kind of a little break, but unfortunately, on level 5, you uh, there there is no magic jar in the statue. Just like there's no magic jar when I walked to the right, so that was actually completely pointless. So, uh, <clears throat> walk to the left instead. So, yeah, I didn't actually look at the map, which is, I guess, part of the fun of the game, right? And an effective way to kill those, you know, dragon heads, those floating dragon heads or whatever they are. The down thrust and just kind of bounce, bounce, bounce until they're dead. Of course, don't do it over a pit because you'll just fall right in. Wouldn't that be great? Um, you can bounce off of them, say, if you're using them as momentum to move forward, I guess. But you can do that. But if you're just kind of bouncing straight down, you're going to fall and die. Yay. And this is an area where you can, uh, as you start heading towards the left, you can use your reflect spell and kill the uh, magicians and get the satisfaction of bouncing their magic back and killing them instantly in one hit. Isn't that fun? So, I guess it is. A little bit. And you get 100 experience points, too. So basically now, just kind of head your way up, like all the way up, and work your way towards the left as much as possible. Uh, and if you, and Depending on if you got the key or not, otherwise you go down the elevator. If you'd already gotten to the key, all the way to the left, then you can head down the elevator, otherwise get the key and all that good stuff. So again, use your map if you need to, of course. 
And this is the first part, as you keep continuing again to the left, you'll see your first area where you will absolutely be required to have the upthrust in order to continue in the game to be able to break the blocks to get up into the uh, next little kind of level there to get the uh, the key. So, And you need the jump spell to get up that high, unfortunately. So, yeah, it kind of is what it is. You need this to do that and this to do that. So, uh, yeah, it's part of the game. It's part of the fun of it, as I continue to say. And then you eventually work your way to the boss, which is the magician and all that, the big, big magician. Of course, you need reflect equipped and God knows what else if you're blessed enough to have it. Um, unfortunately, I may or may not have enough magic here to uh, survive this guy, but uh, as long as I have reflect, there's always that chance. So just kind of kneel down, have your shield. Uh, oh yeah, just kneel down, basically. Try to avoid him as best possible, and if you can't, you can't. It's kind of how it is, so... It's a, it's kind of random chance. He moves around real fast. You have to turn around as quick as possible and pray to God that the magic actually hits the son of a gun. And if it doesn't, you're bleeped. It's that simple. And thankfully, by the grace of God, I did survive. <laughs> I did survive. Um, and also watch out if there are magic uh, spells coming at you still when he's dead. They can still kill you or damage you or whatever. So just keep, keep your shield out or whatever and avoid them or block them. And then uh, he'll be okay. Mercifully beat this very difficult level and move on to the rest of the game. Yes! And now you can walk out through the river with your boots and everything, so you don't have to mess around anymore. So, okay, and the boots definitely serve a purpose, and they will majorly serve a purpose for you to get to level 5, which is basically straight to the east of the <laughs> straight to the east of the town where you get the fire spell so we're gonna head back there right now kind of south through the cave and all that fun stuff and oh it's a relief to be done with that stupid level it really is i'm sure uh you're as happy as i am at this point and by the way the place that i like cheese or the town where you get fire is called naburo yep naburo okay so i knew that no maybe i've said it a couple times but yes yeah, so walk straight east now with your boots and you're walking on water. Well, isn't that a son of a gun? Uh, also, very interesting thing you can do, though. You can get a heart container. You have to kind of, but yeah, otherwise you just walk straight to the palace. But if you keep kind of nudging yourself up, if you can, eventually there's a hidden path. Yes. So just got to keep going north and then east again. And I believe it's not too far above the palace. All of a sudden there's like a hidden level, so to speak, where there is the... It's like you're kind of walking on water, I guess, and you can jump onto that little island type thingy and get a heart container. So there's your next heart container. You have one to go, uh, one more heart container to go, and one more magic jar, magic container to go. Those are both in the final areas of the game, like where level six and seven are, kind of the creepy evil stuff. So you're gonna get the flute in level uh, six, which then helps you get past the devil that's kind of blocking the way into the final areas of the game. For now, either level build, heal up, whatever the heck you need to do, and prepare for at level five.
And we're in a nice green palace. Nice and green. I don't know. It's ocean. Maybe the sea kind of like, I don't know, rubbed off on it. I don't know. Maybe it was flooded for a while. Who knows? It's green. Uh, and of course, the statue, like I said, at the beginning does not have a magic jar or enemy this time. Does not. So let's just get started. Keep cranking away. It looks kind of similar to other levels. In a lot of ways, it's almost like a throwback to like some of the earlier levels. Who knows? Maybe it's almost like a carbon copy of something. But you get those annoying jumping snake looking whatever the heck they are things that throw rocks at you and wonderful stuff but you just kind of keep compressing uh progressing through the level also this is the famous uh, level where one of the uh, characters in the city i believe the city just now with the uh, where you got the fire spell that nuburu where they say uh the palace has a false wall i always imagine the guy having an accent like that the palace has a false wall <laughs> i imagine his voice sounding like that I don't know why. It just he just has that look, I guess. It's one of those bigger guys, like like error. Of course, you get all the same stupid, obnoxious enemies, like those, you know, flying skulls or whatever. That kind of they kind of pinball off of the walls or pong style off the walls, basically. Um, and you also run into a part for the first time where you're you're using the fairy spell uh, to get up a very high ledge. And there's a key waiting for you. Of course, you can't pick it up. So you have to walk off the screen or fly off the screen as you're a fairy. Come back not as a fairy because, you know, yeah, once you walk off the screen, you're no longer a fairy. How that works, um, that's just Zelda 2. That's how it works. And, um, yeah, then you go back and get the key that way. Uh, you'll also run into a part where there's a collapsing bridge or whatever, or disintegrating bridge. You get the, uh, the pea bag you walk by, the point bag, so to speak, and use the down thrust as you're walking. That's the best way to do it. Kind of jump and use the down thrust to pick it up. Um, it's the only way, honestly. And just be smart about it. And then you finally get to an elevator. Pretty much there's no per point to go right, basically. So go left. And then you run into more magician-like characters. But these you don't reflect. These, in a lot of ways, are actually even more annoying. Because they cast fire that kind of, you know, hangs around a while. And again, the only way to really beat them is to kind of jump on them with the uh, down thrust. And they're really annoying and... I almost just say bypass them, hell with it, unless you're really, really desperate for experience points. They do give you 200, but you really have to earn it. You're going to get damaged a lot. Then you get another deal where there's a key way up on a high ledge, so you kind of kind of let the blocks build up as they're coming down from the ceiling, so to speak. It's one of those areas again. This must be where they got some of those ideas for some of the later Zelda games, um, with the fly falling stuff on Link's head or the floating tiles and all that crap. Uh, kind of annoying in Zelda Link's uh, Awakening. And A Link to the Past. You probably remember that pretty well from that game review. An effective way to shield yourself is to kind of cut through uh, areas and walk underneath uh, stones that had already piled up. So that way you don't have them falling on you as much. But you're going to get hit, so just be prepared for that. Unless you're some kind of miracle perfectionist who's a lot better at this game than I am. <laughs> then you get these uh, statue type, uh, those dragon heads that bounce around you know those annoying ones there's a statue version of them uh, if you often see that coming out of the wall so to speak you can jump at it and swing at it and there's a pretty good chance you're going to get a red jar so enjoy and remember to use a spell whatever spell you want to use before you pick up the red jar don't do what i did earlier like in the game review so it's kind of a funny mistake but it happens oftentimes you're going to notice yourself going left when you come off the elevator it's kind of like a nascar race turning left non-stop yeah that kind of thing um, otherwise, turning left is something only certain people like to do, but uh, leave that alone. Otherwise, more elevators and all that good stuff. And it, it's a relatively large level, but uh, there's certainly harder ones. Uh, in this case, though, when you get to the elevator where there's three levels, you'll go, yeah, go left again for a little bit to go get a point bag. 
That's pretty much one thing. There's also a point bag on the top of this elevator area, the ledge. Um, go ahead and get it if you want. If you don't, then, well, it's up to you. It's, no, forget it. It's not worth it. Because <laughs> the stupid slime keeps coming down. Just let it go. Let it go, let it go. It's one of those annoying songs that kids like to sing. Um, and <laughs> go get, uh, just continue through the level, forgetting about that part, I suppose. So now from the little area where you just picked up a little point bag, after going left, now you want to head to the right for the first time in a while. And you'll notice there's a dark nut or night or whatever the heck, a dark red night. You're going to need the jump to get up there because there's a key and you want to get it. Unfortunately, the, fighting the night is really annoying with the jump spell. So maybe walk off the screen after you get the key because uh, it's annoying, really annoying. It's, you feel like you don't have any freaking control and he kicks your butt. So uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> and again, walk past, like ignore, jump over the annoying uh, fire casting uh, sorcerer guys. And uh, yeah, just because it's not really worth it. They're going to probably beat you up pretty good. Then you wind up into the blue dark knot, which is one of the hardest, most annoying uh, enemies in the game. And this is where you get your false wall. Now you can walk into it and, okay, it's not a false wall. What are you talking about? No, you got to jump a little bit. And there you go. Now you walk through your false wall. Your false wall. The palace has a false wall. And then you're finally through your false wall. And you keep heading towards the, <laughs> the right, I suppose. To another elevator. And, yeah, and then you end up going up. Uh, yeah, you ignore that elevator for now. Keep going to the right. Go up that elevator and get the key. And then go back and go down that other elevator. Yeah, enjoy. And when you get the key, it's uh, there's no fuzz the wall there, even though it looks like there might be. So you just, again, head back down the current elevator and head back to the elevator we bypassed before and go down that and continue, as they might say in Japan. Then you get to deal with some double trouble with those fire-casting sorcerers and those obnoxious uh, bear heads, whatever the heck they are. Then you get to a statue, pray to God it has a red uh, uh, jar for you. And, well, yes it did, at least in my case. Amen, hallelujah. Fill up your power as it's filling up. Fill up your power as it's filling up and you'll get a better deal. So, we're all here for the better deal, aren't we? So, and <laughs> the Dark Nut dropped another red jar, so I'm going to have full power, baby. So, because I'm good, right? I'm so good. Well, lucky, more like more lucky than anything. And then you get the freaking blue dark nut again, but the treasure evades. Fire that dark nut or beat him up and kick the crap out of him and hope you don't get the crap kicked out of you. I don't know why I did that. I picked up the flute and then I was um, defenseless as the dark nut kept throwing his sword at me. Smart stuff. But, well, he's finally dead. Yay. Let's continue through the rest of the game, eh? So now basically we want to work our way all the way back to the elevator that had the point bag on top of it. And uh, then this time just bypass the elevator to the, the left and continue going as you'll now be getting closer and closer to the end of the level. Good. At least we got the freaking flute so we can uh, continue into the, uh, you know, eventual end of the game area, so to speak, where level 6 and level 7 are. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And yes, heading back means going back through the false wall. So yes, you're going back through the false wall for the last time, heading to the left, heading to the left, and then eventually again going up the uh, elevator that uh, had the point bag. You go up the elevator to that top level of that elevator, so to speak, and then work your way to the left. Does that make sense? Kind of, I hope. It better, because it's going to have to. Suffice to say, the elevator you get to. The next elevator you get to is you keep heading to the left. Now you go up. <laughs> Instead of, like, bypassing it or anything like that. Don't bother with the point bag, because you're just going to get pissed off hitting the slime over and over and over again, and you're never going to actually get the point bag. Unless you're really good at this, and, I don't know, some people probably can do it, but 
I don't know. I'm just not doing it. You can actually get another red jar through the uh, statue in the wall type of thing, the dragon statue in the wall. So do it. Do it, baby. Do it. And, uh, yeah, you feel much happier. Ignore the bear. If you want to fight him so bad, go ahead. But uh, what's the point? Just keep going. Otherwise, if you want to, again, by, uh, temporarily bypass this ladder and go up, like this new ladder, so to speak, elevator, pardon me, and go up, you can fight the, uh, the dark nut and get a point uh, bag and all that good stuff. It's a red, dark red dark nut. They're not too hard at this point. Unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with these stupid uh, floating skull, bubble, whatever the heck they call them, uh, that are just the most annoying things on planet Earth, practically. Almost. Not quite as annoying as the up and down bear head thingies. But uh, now you go up the uh, ladder, elevator, pardon me, and uh, now it becomes more and more linear as you're just going to simply head to the right. And then to my absolute despair, I don't have a key. But I've ran into this issue before, so I'm going to figure out what I missed real quick. And uh, um, remember how, yeah, the elevator we just went up, instead of going to the right or going up, go down. There's a down level, so the key should be down there eventually as you keep walking to the left. And then you eventually work your way back up and... Yeah, woohoo. I've done this a hundred times, so whatever. <laughs> to your absolute chagrin, you'll run into another one of those blue knights, but with hardly any space to jump. That's a good thing. Kind of tap on that, because the less jumping you do, the more likely you're going to hit your target. You'll confuse him and hit him. So that's good, but you're probably going to take damage unless you're a legend at this game, which, again, some of us are. Some of us are just good enough to beat it. That's about it. As we finally get back up to where we need to be to open the locked door or locked passage or whatever you'd call the darn thing, uh, you, you take the key that you just got from the, from the, uh, <laughs> from the, the blue knight or whatever, like where the blue knight was anyway, and you head on forward towards another blue, you get through the easy knight, the orangish colored one, the blue one, and the red one, <clears throat> and you work your way to the boss which is kind of a big bruising dude. It's a different guy in uh, the Japanese version, but for now we'll concentrate on the American version. Kind of similar again, Morningstar type of deal. And he is very, very, very strong. You're gonna probably wanna cast shield and life, pardon me for the noise here. But kind of treat him almost like Horsehead, but not quite. His, his, his head is defense. It's really tough actually, to be fair. I mean, really tough. So you kind of basically jump and the best way to take him down, kind of walk towards him, jump, and kind of hit him down low, I guess, kind of like in the chest area. You know, not in the balls necessarily, but I suppose that might damage him too. I would hope so. <laughs> but, uh, yep, he's a, he's a tough son of a gun, no doubt. You have to time all your hits, and oftentimes it might take a try or two to beat him. And in Zelda 2, sometimes you only have one try. That's the crappy part. You know what? Screw the jumping. Just kind of walk towards him and kind of duck down and stab. But odds are you're going to get hit by the frickin' Morning Star. You have to get the heck away as fast as possible because the Morning Star will hit you and do lots of damage. It's wonderful, right? Wonderful. But that's the best way to go. Kind of walk up, duck down like you're hitting him in the knee or something or something else. And uh, that's the best way you can do it. Obviously, cast shield as long as you have enough magic to do so. It's really wise because he's going to hit you and he's going to hit you hard. That kind of crap. Watch your life meter because something ridiculous might happen when you think you may have already won the battle. And you haven't because you just didn't. You, you did a Golden Gophers in the National Championship game. You choked. So we'll leave that alone. Um, we're kind of used to that around here in Minnesota. Hopefully a lot of you have uh, teams that actually finish the job in championship games. It feels much better. 
but uh, we'll leave that alone where we're at right now. Um, and this time I did finish the job, so I'm more like, I don't know, UConn or Quinnipiac or Kentucky or whenever the heck college or professional teams might be out there that uh, finally actually win championships and don't disappoint their fans too much when it matters most because uh, it leaves fans uh, very pissed off. But uh, at least level five is done. Probably do a little more level building depending on where you're at. I actually elected to just take the 4,000 points and build up to uh, try to get to 5,000 points to get the uh, to get my strength up. So because I don't know, it's not a bad idea. But uh, it's up to you what you want to do. Regardless, let's continue on with this uh, review and start heading towards where that devil type character is. In fact, well, eventually if you ever get around all the monsters and such, I'm kind of in like get out of my way mode at this stage. So you go down to that devilish monster thingy, press B, hear a cute little tune, and Yep, see at this point now you can kind of uh, start heading into some of the more annoying levels of the game as you head south. See right here, you can again trick your way through the first level so to speak by getting attacked by monsters on the road. See if you keep going south, eventually we're kind of like you first, you get to kind of a first little narrow channel pointing straight downward. You're going to run into your first like mini level so to speak. So you want to cheat like we did earlier and try to walk into it as the um, as a monster hits you on the road, see? Because then you'll literally skip through the level. So, unfortunately, up and coming, you won't be able to do that because it's too far down and all that. So now you get to deal with characters throwing rocks at you where the AVGN made fun of that. Like, what is this, throwing rocks? Yeah, it's kind of like some rough neighborhood where people throw rocks at cars driving by. It's actually more common than you think and... I wish it wasn't, but that's just how it is. So you just kind of try to maneuver your way around, um, trying to get them to throw the rocks the wrong way, kind of fake them out and such. And it's not as hard as it might look, but it's not as easy either necessarily. But eventually you work your way south and closer to like a new area of the game. And the best way to get around the lizard men, so to speak, with the spear and shield, uh, again, jump and down thrust. Um, you can either wound and kill them right away or just bounce over their head and keep going and they're too slow to catch you so again that's cool so next step hopefully maybe you could run into a fairy and fill up your power which i magically did that is really good but now there's areas where you can power up your uh well you can get more magic and life and of course you want to continue to get more maps off the internet if possible sometimes it helps to kind of show you where to go and such as i would recommend that 100 million times of course Honestly, though, I would say our first order of business is get your next uh, heart container, and really the last one, as we try to, again, work our way down. Basically to the southeast area, kind of like the beach, so to speak. That's basically what it is. You end up walking through the bridge, otherwise you end up walking around and around and around forever. Be careful to not get knocked in by the stupid fish and the rocks and stuff floating around and all that. But uh, it's doable, but anything can happen here. Just be careful. It's annoying. Um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Just work your way through and pray to God you don't get hit by something. And again, work your way to the southeast area of the desert, basically by the, uh, by the, um, water. And just kind of walk around there. Eventually you'll trigger something, uh, which I did. There's your heart container. It's kind of, you know, get one of those invisible little spots on the, on the map. And you'll get it. There's your heart container. You need no more heart containers the rest of the game. The next magic container and the final one is in the uh well <laughs> um the the new karuto town first let's go to the old karuto town which has been 
you know, ravaged by nasty people and ghost stuff. Um, you can also trigger level six right away by standing in the middle of the three rocks and playing the flute. But why would you want to do that? Let's uh, let's get all full powered up first. You're gonna need everything, and you want to just get everything first before you even do that. Unfortunately, you got to cross another stupid bridge, which ah, whatever. If you want to be a real cheater, save state before that, just in case. But yeah, otherwise, if you want to just play it like legit, so to speak, go ahead. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to judge you either way. It's a hard freaking game, so I don't feel bad. And quite honestly, your best uh, choice might be just use the ferry, because odds are you're going to get knocked in here. Just the way everything is angled kind of coming at you, it seems to be a problem. Unless you can trigger it maybe by turning around and have the fish come up behind you, you're more likely to survive that way. Because when they're coming at you, you're probably going to get knocked in by some fluke. Another thing you do have to worry about here you put your thrusts up and down, up and down, over and over again, because there are ghosts everywhere that you can't see. Uh, go into the first building you see. Thank God you don't have to deal with ghosts in here. <clears throat> Work your way down. Talk to the old man, who will basically say, yeah, the town is dead. And to basically uh, head your way up in the, uh, the east woods, so to speak, where there's the new Karuto town. This is the old Karuto town, again, which has been, you know, torn to pieces by evil monsters and now there's ghosts everywhere which is creepy and nasty and you can't see them until you have the cross um so yes use the up and down thrust to protect yourself from these nasty bastards chances are you're still going to get hit which is annoying um but yeah then now work your way across the bridge the annoying part is that is unbelievable is you have to talk to that old man first and i guess that's realistic because how would you know where to look for an old town so to speak or for like a hidden town if Nobody told you anything about it. So I guess it makes sense. You have to talk to him first. You can't just venture over there, you know, hacking away, thinking, okay, where's the town? Oh, come on. No, you have to talk to him first. So you have to risk your life flying around like, in, like a, well, as a fairy. <clears throat> Sorry. And yeah, the whole level is geared to have the fish coming at you, which is really annoying. And that's why I end up using the fairy, because chances are you are going to get knocked in at some point. So head yourself east, uh, northeast, 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 as far as possible, so to speak, and into the cave, and then you can work your way to the new Caruso town, eventually, which again is hidden in the woods uh, after you come out of the cave. We'll talk about that right now. And I can't say enough, use the down thrust to your advantage with these lizard men, so to speak, with their sword and shield, because they're in uh, tough little areas where if you get kind of trapped in there, they're going to beat you up and probably kill you. So just hell with that. And bounce off of their head with their shield, so to speak, with your down thrust, and just keep going. Don't even waste your time. So now you're out of the cave, and you get this little area where there's, like, woods and stuff. So hack away with your A button, which is, like, using your hammer, which can top chop trees down. Keep hacking away. Eventually, you're going to find it. It is the, well, kind of the middle level, so to speak. Way up, well, way up north in it. It's kind of like the, I don't know, you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's for it's like the northern part of it not too far down it's like the second layer down so to speak from the cave basically and like the second layer from the um it'll be from your left on the tv screen so yeah it's not too hard to deal with um you walk in talk to an old lady she said you deserve my help because well you found the damn place which is really cool and now you can get the spell spell yes it's it's the spell spell um, she says there is a secret at the end of town. Yeah, that's where you use the spell spell and get your secret at the end of town, um, which is great. I think this, no, we don't get the spell spell yet, 
but you get the uh, the magic jar, so now you're completely full of magic in terms of, uh, you know, it's, yeah, status, so to speak. Right now, my levels, by the way, just to update you where I am in the game, 777. So go uh, play a slot machine or something if you want. Okay, no, don't do that. It's dumb. Um, it's really dumb. It's like asking yourself to lose, basically. I don't think there's any cute uh, red dress girl here to uh, fill up your power. I don't think there is, so take your chance. Just heal with your magic and then get more magic from the orange old lady. Oh, there is the cute one. Shoot. Oh, well. Thank you. I've been revived according to her. Okay, so they are here. I, I get confused. Sometimes there's one. Okay, here we go. So now, not long after the cute girl that fills up your energy, you go inside a, a house that is empty. But then you'll notice there's what looks like a little door or opening in the chimney area. Press up. Okay, now there you go. Not too complicated, really, was it? You probably would have figured that out without my help anyway. And you talk to the guy. Remember the magic word. You get the spell spell. It's a spell that's a spell. Isn't that cool? So it has its kind of mysterious effects and stuff. You know how that goes with these video games. It has mysterious effects. Well, there's at least one effect that is really, really helpful at the edge of town. When you keep walking towards the edge of town. Where, uh, I guess it's kind of a Nintendo Power type of thing, but, well, she did tell you there's a secret, and you just got a spell that has mysterious effects, so how obvious do they have to be? So you just walk all the way to the edge where there's absolutely nothing there. So obviously, there's something here, okay? Yeah, pull out the spell spell, press select, here comes this cave that magically comes up out of the ground, and it's really tall, which is funny and weird, and then you get the magic key. So for the rest of the game, you will not have to worry about finding keys anymore. You are set. You have a million keys now. And, uh, yeah, well, it's unlimited. It's a magic key that will never run out. And you're all set. Isn't that cool? So it's a wonderful feeling. You got your magic jar, you got your magic uh, key, and you got your spell spell. <laughs> I think that's the last time you use it. Or no, if uh, you can also have the spell spell, so to speak, to make the enemies tremble in fear basically basically at the end of the day it's the magician type characters in the levels they just don't show up when you use it but that can get expensive too even though this one's a lot cheaper than reflect so it kind of depends on your thought process going into the the palace do you want to mess around with the magicians and reflect magic and build up experience points or do you just want them to leave you the bleep alone so it's kind of up to you that's where the spell spell comes in it can help the monsters tremble in fear but it's mostly just the magicians i believe so another thing to make note of at the end of the day regardless if you want to start level six or not go to level six anyway if you want to fill up your ma your magic and all that good stuff or you can kind of heal up maybe you're getting kind of beat up really like your resources so make it appear by going and playing the flute in front of the three uh you know you're standing in the middle of the three rocks so to speak Hit the little statue. Unfortunately, it turned out to be a bad guy this time. That's annoying. But eventually, it's going to be a magic jar and all that. So you can use that. That's what us. That's what us legendary gamers come up with. Is these smart little ideas, you know, that you know that maybe a rookie gamer wouldn't think about. You know, it's legendary gamers who've been around for 30, 40, 50, whatever, 30 years in my case plus. So why the heck not? Legendary gamers. Yes. I should call that like a. We should, we should make a Facebook group called Legendary Gamers, right? Okay, I don't know. But you can <laughs> fill up your resources and, you know, obviously 
work your way around. Maybe you want to try to get something first before you progress into the level. But that way you can fill up without even starting the level. What the heck? Just take advantage of it. It's there for you. Because guess what your next order of business is? Heading back to the old town again. You know, the one that's haunted and stuff or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's torn apart and haunted. Go back to the same old man again. And now, now, he will give you the Thunder Spell. The most powerful spell in the game, which will make uh, um, the Thunderbird vulnerable. Without the Thunder Spell, the Thunderbird is, is uh, you know, he's invulnerable. He is invincible. You can't damage him. But once you can use the Thunder Spell, which unfortunately is going to eat up a ton of your magic, once you do face him, you can, you know, damage him. Otherwise, you can't damage him. It's that simple. It's like turning his shield off, so to speak. And, um, well, without it, you can't win the game. So you got to go back to the stupid town and use the stupid fairy spell twice. To, once to get in, once to get out, you know, with the freaking bridge. And, uh, well, that's what you got to do. So there was a kind of a method to my madness as to powering up my, you know, your hit points and magic points, so to speak, before going, continuing into the game, because using the fairy spell twice gets kind of expensive, if you didn't notice. Otherwise, you just want to risk falling into the into the water and dying over and over and over again and being really pissed off. So it, it is what it is. Now you can fill up and, I guess, get started for good old, confusing, obnoxious, stupid level six. Aren't you excited? Oh, goody. Three Eye Rock Palace. Uh, well, the good part is you can fill up at the beginning, which is awesome, which you couldn't do on level five for some reason because they're jerks. But, uh, I don't know. You just couldn't. But, uh, yeah, get get a map. Get a map, unless you really want to, like, be a, uh, you know, I don't know, like a masochist getting frustrated at this stupid game. But, well, it's a good game. I'm just kidding. But being frustrated at these stupid levels, which can make the game stupider than, than it is. Um, again, it's a, it's a relatively confusing place, but with a map, it's not too bad. Of course, I mean, the map, it's not. But you still have to, you know, beat it. You still have to beat it. The map helps. But you still have to have the skill to beat the bad guys and such. The good thing is you don't have to worry about a key anymore. You got the magic key now, which obviously coming to this place was, or going to that original town was, or, well, the new town, so to speak. The original town, then the new town and all that was crucial. You don't have to get magic spells anymore. You don't have to get magic containers anymore. You don't have to get heart containers anymore. You're all set. Or keys, like I just said. You're pretty much all set. All that's left is the cross in this level. And, of course, just simply beating the level. Because if you don't beat the level, you can't go to the Grand Palace and win the game. Eventually. Because it's a very, very hard level. As hard as this one is, the Grand Palace will make you uh, wish you never picked up a NES controller. <clears throat> or it'll make you feel really awesome when you beat it, if you are so fortunate. One of us, one of us very fortunate individuals out there that did. Once again, this level, you're going to definitely want to use maps. Or, again, if you just want to play the classic way and kind of learn on your own, that's totally fine. I mean, it's... And if you're that good, good for you. But uh, otherwise, again, for the sake of reviewing, I'm going to have to cheat a little bit at times just to kind of get in a good review and uh, get on with it, too, and not spend, you know, three months playing the game. <laughs> you know, I'm not that bad. I'm just kidding. But... At the same time, you know, nothing, nothing in this world comes easy. But again, work your way to the cross, which then you'll be able to see everything that was invisible before, like those stupid ghosts and such, which you're going to need throughout the rest of the game, unfortunately, because there's some obnoxious stuff coming up. Let me tell you, when you work your way through the Grand Palace, um, and 
it's uh, again it's essential to finish the game with and again just kind of again work your way through the level itself as there's pits and confusion and such but again with the map it won't be so bad you'll also notice this level is awfully similar to level four it's just kind of like a meaner version of it again like falling into pits and there's even the same part where you can like jump over it to work your way you know further to the right so to speak otherwise you go down and all that so it is it is noticeably similar in design so again it's interesting and of course it's got all the magic crap going on like just like level four the, the magicians and the and all that but this one also has a invisible pit which yeah it has an invisible pit as you're walking so you might want to look out for that and if maybe possibly pull out the jump spell to jump over it if you if you have magic to spare and i hope you do because jump spells aren't too expensive but i don't know it's still an annoying part of the game there's no doubt about it um, unfortunately, some of these maps have ads that block certain parts of it, which is about as helpful as, yeah, like a screen door in a submarine. But we'll get to that later, I guess. Luckily, the pit, though, is, you know, it doesn't take you too far. Just kind of head back to the left and back up the elevator, and you're pretty much not too far away where you're from. The shitty part is if you don't have enough magic, you're kind of bleeped. So hopefully, maybe one of the enemies along the way miraculously drops a magic red jar, which this one did. Thank you, Lord, and a amen. <laughs> so now you can fill up your, uh, at least I can in this case. Hopefully the same thing happens to you as well. You can fill up your life, and you'll have enough uh, magic to jump when you get back up above and hopefully avoid the stupid pit and get the cross and get that part of this uh, level over with, for goodness sakes. That is if you survive the 750 Magician characters, which, yeah, it's ridiculous. But, uh, welcome to Zelda 2, folks. The secret, though, in the area where there's that pit, again, is it's after the third uh, statue. Unfortunately, you got to deal with these stinking Magicians, though, too. So, uh, it's kind of like uh, Castlevania 3, almost, the difficulty of this freaking game. But, uh, yeah, use the jump spell if you can afford it, and walk a little bit after the third statue, and then jump and you should be okay. Um, unfortunately, you're going to get a mini-boss before you even get to the cross, which is not the easiest mini-boss in the world because it's the same boss that was level 2, I believe? No, I think this was later. Um, yeah, it's a blue knight on the horse, like, jousting with you, so you get to fight him again, which is not an easy battle at all, and you're going to run into this multiple times in this level, too. Wonderful. The one major good thing is you're way stronger. At least I hope you are. If you're like level seven, you're gonna wipe him out with a lot of with just a few hits. But he's still gonna do some damage on you unless you're really good, which sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I am. Shield spell? Did I say? Did I ever mention shield spell in the past? Yeah, highly recommended. It's funny how he gives you a key because you don't need it. But well, maybe you didn't get the magic key. But uh, well, whatever. You got the cross now. You have all the items. All the items in the game as long as you well progressed the way I did, I guess. You have all the items in the game. Now all that's left basically is gaining levels and beating these this level and all that cool stuff. So good luck, enjoy, and keep kicking butt. That's all I can really tell you at this point. Also, we're going to take note that some of the statues that you can jump up to get, like say before you fall in the pit, so to speak, before you get to the pit again, because you're going to want to eventually fall in. The statue there does have a magic jar or an enemy, so to speak. That's what they call a jar or enemy. Um, Thankfully, in this case, he has the jar. it has the jar. So I can fill up uh, life and magic all the way. And the good news again here is that jar equals the equivalent of your entire bar when it's really full like that with the eight boxes. 
So think about that. Just 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 think about that. That's a that's a lot of magic. So yeah, it's nice. So that's why use as much as you can before you use the magic jar. Then you get that thing all nice and filled up. It's a wonderful thing. You'll be able to use fairy or whatever, because you're gonna need fairy at least once on the way down, because you're gonna want to fall down the pit once. And you're gonna want to fall down the pit twice. <gasps> But unless you're able to pull off some kind of miracle, you're going to want to use a fairy spell. But unfortunately, I, yeah, blew it. So it's a bottomless pit, literally, which is really fun. So, yep, so now you're kind of back where you were. So I'm just going to keep falling for now. Level two, okay. Now level three. This is where you want to be. Level three is where you want to be. The cool part is you can eventually let yourself uh, fall onto the disappearing platform and not waste a fairy spell, which... That's the thing. It's a bottomless pit, so to speak. You can just kind of, it repeats after a little bit. And as you get used to your surroundings, you'll know where it is. Um, of course, again, you got walls here to prevent you from using a fairy spell to cheat your way across. But there is a part where you have to use the fairy spell coming up not too far ahead, where it's like basically like lava, you know, with nothing beneath you for quite a while. You have to use fairy there. But this first part, you're not going to be able to because there's a wall in the way. So. And you get these bleeping Medusas. Ugh, Medusa head, dragon heads. I keep calling them Medusas because their flight pattern is just like the, um, you know, the Medusa heads in Castlevania. And unfortunately, they will knock you into the pit and or into the, the lava all the time. And you're going to be pissed off and want to throw the game in the garbage. But I don't know. It kind of is what it is. Kind of is what it is, folks. At the end of the day, your best bet against these are probably using the jump spell if you can afford it and all that. But luckily, it's probably the cheapest if you're at level 8 like I am. So, getting to this level at 888 is probably, I wouldn't call it essential, but almost. You know, just because. Just because you're all set and ready to roll. So, now that we've got the cross and all that cool stuff, and thankfully magic spells are cheaper and all that, you can reflect, like I've talked about probably 50 times already, you can reflect the magic spells back to the little magicians and all that, and... Get them out of the way and hope to God maybe they'll drop a magic jar or something. That'd be great. So other than that though, now you gotta try to get across the pit with fairy and all that if you can, again, if you can afford it. If not, well, you might have to mess around and fight some monsters for some blue jars or red jars or whatever. Fortunately, in my case, I have it and I can fly over the doggone thing. It's the only way over the, uh, obviously the huge uh, lava pit, so to speak. Of course, you'll notice it in the maps, I'm sure. And, and obviously watch out for any invisible pits as well along the way otherwise you're going to be super frustrated so yeah but i guess for now we're going to be uh we're, we're clear from that but we're going to also want to intentionally fall down a pit to head towards the, the final boss of this level anyway when you eventually do get to the elevator after the long lava pit and all that just uh, keep going to the right don't go down uh otherwise you're just going to kind of mostly waste your time unfortunately you get another obnoxious mini boss which was a boss earlier in the game i believe level two the the knight that jousts with you and stuff it's really annoying but well it's part of the game right but as you eventually head to that pit there's an option you can jump off the uh disappearing platform <clears throat> you know jump up back back up again use the jump spell whatever and go towards uh you know to the all the way to the right to get a one up but unfortunately you'll be met with two of those flying skulls and a blue knight i don't think it's worth it um <clears throat> pick up the other one ups later in the game for the uh you know like in the uh overworld for so so to speak for the um grand palace that's pretty much what we're doing next after this level 
is trying to get all the one-ups and then if you want to save state or whatever or just keep going however you prefer to play the game um i don't think i'm not against anybody save stating in between levels if, they, if you think that's cheating you're crazy like it's not it's just saving time and all that so obviously you know that's how it is where people could save before going into a final level in an rpg anyway so um I don't think it's worth going after that one up and getting the hell beaten out of you because you're basically going to, it's like kind of almost losing a life to get a life, like, oh goody. So, eh, I mean, you can, you can, and it depends on how good you are, I guess, at the game. But otherwise, eventually, you're going to have to fall down into the pit. And when you fall, you notice there's nothing to land on. So use ferry right away and fly to the right after you, you know, fall into the next screen, so to speak. And shock of the century, you'll need the right amount of magic and all that too. No kidding. But yeah, so make sure if you have to, like I did in my case, if you had low magic, go and uh, eventually get some blue jars by stabbing the little thing that's close to the ground. That's so close to the ground you can only get it with the uh, down thrust, so to speak. So that's the way to go. Otherwise, you get to this big old snake here. I believe his name is Goma. Uh, you're going to want to have jump and may probably shield. Uh, again, it's kind of all strategy. Take your time and try your best. You're, you'll eventually win the day. At least I would hope so. And I keep calling him a snake, but he's actually a dragon. Yeah, a dragon, not a snake, a dragon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, common sense, right? Common sense? Well, kind of. But, yep, you finally beat him, and if you're 888, you'll go all the way up to 9,000 experience, which is ridiculous that it has to be that many. To But you get an extra guy. So that's kind of, in a sense, like building up towards, uh, you know, building all your extra guys so we can go for the uh, grand finale in the Grand Palace, which is our next destination. Eventually, let's get all the one-ups and uh, charge up and maybe level build a little bit if need be and all that where you can uh, get extra guys with 9,000 freaking experience points, whereas in the Japanese version, it's only 4,000. So, yeah, I like the Japanese version a little better for that freaking reason. Wouldn't you? So I recommend kind of working your way back to like the, uh, you know, the city where you get the fire spell and all that and level build around there and of course again just kind of keep working your way further and further back to get all the one-ups as you'll find in guides and such and i'll also talk about it here as i progress with you sounds like fun eh so the closest one up to us at the moment is basically you kind of go across the ocean so to speak on the raft or big lake or whatever you'd call it and you kind of go south 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 kind of down into the area of uh you know like the desert area around the uh uh, cemetery to the yep so try to work your way around the cemetery on the road so to speak if you can um, yep so you're in the desert you kind of go to the farthest west section you could say of the desert and of course there's maps available on all over the place and all that like wiki or whatever the heck it is Zelda wiki or wherever but yeah work your way kind of down the road area that way you won't have to bump into the ghosty obnoxious uh, you know cemetery and all that uh, levels which are really annoying and hard and just kind of head all the way south as far as you can and kind of get to the area where it looks like kind of stairs looking. <laughs> it's not stairs, but you know what I mean. The ocean and all that. It's just kind of the boxy graphics, you could say, trying to sort of. But that's just how they did it on a grid in this game. Uh, and there's an invisible little area where you'll pop up and there's your little one-up link. So that's one of them. So got that one out of the way. Wahoo, wahoo. Let's continue forward. Now you'll head... Now there's a choice. You can head to the swamp area, which I think we'll do right now. Eventually, we're just going to go back to the fire palace area again, or whatever. Fire, not fire palace, but fire spell town area, where we level build with all the tech tights and such. Where Again, that's where we'll level build and get to 9,000 a couple times, just to you know be absolutely sure we're going to beat that grand palace, doggone it. 
Why did I blow the flute in front of a rock? That's kind of funny. So yes, the <laughs> the swamp area. So we're going to kind of head further and further to the west. We're going west. We're going to like Seattle or something. I guess it could be like Seattle because it's kind of swampy or something. But Seattle is more of a rainforest without being tropical. That's pretty much what Seattle is. Um, so kind of generally further and further west till you get into the swampier part. And not far underneath the rock, there's an invisible, you know, like there's a, the, the dungeon with the rock where you got the sacred water, so to speak. Or not dungeon, but cave with the rock in front where you got the sacred water earlier to heal. Um, there's an invisible little level again where you can get your next one a blink. Unfortunately, there's only three in the game, which is ridiculous. There are actually four if you want to include the one in level six, but uh, you know what I mean? Level six, uh, you know... I, I almost, I kind of wish I did get it in a way, but I didn't, and it's gone, that kind of thing. So it's not the end of the world. We can uh, level build, as, even though it's boring and tedious and all that. But, um, well, what game isn't boring and tedious in certain areas? Even FF6 can be insanely boring and tedious, as great of a game as it is. Because it's kind of like level building. Welcome to video games and RPGs. So now, like an idiot, of course, I should have just went north first to get the other... <laughs> <laughs> to get the other one a blink, but, oh, well, at, you know, <clears throat> instead, yeah, we're going to go north in the cave that's above the uh, town that I always forget its name. Let's get it right here, right? I'm standing right on top of it. I always forget the name of the town. Is it Naburu? Okay, because there's a couple of them. Naburu. So, again, go north, young man, so to speak, into the cave and into that, you know, area where you're kind of heading towards where the level four palace is, and you're pretty much going to walk along the, the shore, kind of like the other situations and eventually pick that uh, sucker up if I remember correctly yes uh, eventually once you get to kind of the desert so you're going to basically wind up uh, getting into another one of those invisible little levels where the the uh, that was an unavoidable thing <laughs> one of the levels where they, you know the invisible little scenes whatever where you'll get the uh, third and final one a blink on the overworld it's basically the first part where the desert and the the fur uh, the desert and the forest meet the little it's a kind of a little corner where it's desert um you know desert mountains and uh, de uh forest all together so it's that simple basically pick that up you got all the one ups now basically if you want to it's optional and i'm going to i'm going to exercise the option as boring as it can be level build to 9000 a couple times and yeah you know again south of uh, naburu with your fire spell killing the tektites Interestingly enough, like I said before, just a reminder, you can kill the Tektites without fire in the Japanese version. And, yeah, it's it's just depressing. that it's I don't know. They made this version harder, actually. They actually did, which is kind of funny. Um, in some ways, it's harder. In some ways, it's easier. But I'd say, generally, it's actually a little bit harder for that reason alone. The fact that it takes so long to level build. Of course, the one thing harder, a uh, reminder, the one thing harder about the Japanese version is you have to have all the levels equal. So, like, say you have level 8 with the sword, but level 6 with magic, and level 7 with life. If you die, guess what? You're all level 6. Ooh. Ah. That would suck, wouldn't it? So, yeah. You put, uh, keep, make note of that. So now that I personally am level 8, 8, 8 all the way above, and I've actually built up levels, uh, built up guys along the way, I have like 8 lives, basically. Let's uh, start our quest to the Grand Palace.
now that I'm basically done, like, uh, trying to gain levels or build up guides and all that stuff, build up life and all that, uh, now I'm probably mostly just trying to avoid monsters as best possible along the way. So, unfortunately, we're going from that, uh, Nobu all the way down into the, <clears throat> back into that red area where, uh, the six palaces, but instead of going to the right where the six palaces, we're going to start heading to the left where the seventh palace is. But we're going to be bumping into a lot of obstacles along the way. Hopefully you don't lose a life or two. And if, well, if you feel like cheating stuff, go ahead and use the save state. If not, <laughs> you know, brave the wild, so to speak. So yes, you have to avoid the, uh, you know, clowns throwing rocks at you from the, uh, well, they're not really clowns. They're very mean looking guys, lizard men, so to speak, like lizard breath from he double hockey sticks places like that uh throwing rocks at you over a fence kind of like bullies in a mean neighborhood i guess but uh yeah or a whatever it's a mean neighborhood one way or another and it's a nasty looking fence too try to bounce your way over the actual lizard man with the uh, spear and you can probably kill him in the process which i just did especially if you're level eight and if you're not level eight don't go to the grand palace yet just don't bother um, so now, your next thing is, as you get to the cemetery-looking area, like as I was saying, instead of going to the right, you're going to be going to the left. <clears throat> but first, you have to go down through the cemetery, and there is a nasty, like, fenced area. Again, we can cheat, though, by having a monster hit us, if possible, while we're walking into that spot. If you understand, that's kind of a little fun glitch that I have uh, used multiple times in this game. That could potentially prevent you from getting your, you know, getting beat up real bad as you continue on your quest towards the Grand Palace. Because you want to get beat up as less as possible. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of ghosts and stuff and all that. Of course, you're going to want all the items uh, and you're going to get beat to hell along the way. That's the unfortunate fact. Hopefully, you'll be lucky enough to bump into some red jars and some blue jars to fill up your magic along the way. And in my opinion, insanely important. The invisible levels that pop up that you can't avoid, again, try to use the cheat trick where you have like a, a weaker monster bump into you as you're walking into that spot because they are really, really long and you will probably lose a life or two. And you just don't want that. You didn't build up all those lives just to lose them before you even get to the damn palace, did you? And I will emphasize again and again and again and again. Utilize the fact that you have the up thrust and the down thrust, particularly with these ghosts and the red, uh, you know, like Goma type creatures that float around. Uh, utilize the heck out of them. And of course, again, be very careful of the pits and such. Be very wary, no doubt. As you just keep pressing forward, pressing forward to the Grand Palace, you're going to get beat to hell. And that's one of the main reasons why we wanted to build up so many extra guys or so, if humanly possible. Um, it's just is what it is. Seven, eight guys or so. Again, continue to cheat, so to speak, by, you know, walking over the spot as you're getting hit by a monster when instead of going into the uh, invisible levels along the way because they're much longer and much harder than just simply fighting the regular monster levels as big of a pain in the ass as even these can be with the ghosts and the uh, floating, whatever they are, Goma creatures. Oh, they're annoying with the eyeballs that you, that close and are <laughs> have defense. So... But as we finally continue to press forward and forward and forward, I'm just about reaching the cave here right before the Grand Palace. Unfortunately, I have lost a life along the way, which is the way it is, you know. That's why you got to build up, build up those lives, unfortunately. You know, you want to have eight, nine lives or so just in case because there's just so many bad guys along the way that are going to beat you to hell. It's just an unfortunate fact. Uh, if you're lucky, hopefully you'll get the magic jars along the way. If not, it is what it is. But now, once you finally get to the cross-looking shaped area with a palace in it. 
it is none other than the Grand Palace itself. level you played in a very long time. Or maybe not, but depends on what you've been playing lately, I suppose. The Great Palace, I guess it's properly said, but I've heard both. Grand Palace and Great Palace. As you walk up, you'll notice this electrical-looking magic wall basically disappearing as you walk up, and then you can enter the palace. Apparently, before, <laughs> apparently if you get there before, you are able to put the uh, six jewels in the six different palaces previously that magic barrier will be there and you cannot enter, which, well, makes sense. This is where we find the Triforce of Courage and ultimately win the game. This is the finale of finales. As you enter, basically go down and head to the left. It's that simple. Unfortunately, the monsters here are much harder than anywhere else in the game. Everything is like a level up or two than uh, anywhere else. You get these flame-throwing dudes with almost kind of like eagle-type wings in their back. Oh, Boy, they take several hits and they're really difficult to deal with. If you can avoid them, great. If you can kill them, great. Uh, kind of is what it is. Uh, you're going to deal with some uh, invisible platforms and such. And again, I do recommend using maps, like walkthrough maps and all that throughout the uh, internet and such, like Zelda Wiki or something like that. Even the slimes here take multiple hits despite the fact you're level 8. A uh, mistake most people make is going to the right at the beginning or after the first elevator down, so to speak. Go to the left. Go to the left. Because yeah, if, if you notice like it's a lava with nothing coming out of it, no fish or anything, you're going the correct way. So, good. The down thrust comes in extremely handy if need be with the flamethrower guys and such. And the flames move towards you on the ground. It's really obnoxious. So, just, you know, be prepared for a very difficult, very frustrating level. Unless you're just that good, I guess. Um, then you get the Medusa head, dragon head, well, dragon heads that move in the Medusa head pattern from Castlevania 3 and Castlevania 1 and all that. And eventually you'll run into these kind of swordsman type characters that look kind of like, I don't know, like an eagle or a thunderbird or something. But, um, yeah, it's a very interesting level to say the least. The, uh, fancy looking guardian swordsman, whatever the heck they are, move insanely quick and they have the uh, ability to throw the sword so to speak kind of like link when he has full power again down thrust if possible that's a more effective way to beat them i guess uh off and on but oof be in for a tough fight regardless there's, there's a reason why we build up a lot of extra guys also again once you're able to go down uh once you get to the second level that looks like there's nothing going on there's an invisible wall to the left where you can either get a magic jar or another freaking swordsman guy thingy Unfortunately, you will need the jump spell to be able to get it, though. Okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. My deep apologies. There are false walls in both areas where like, it looks like there's nothing. Go through the first one, not the second one. <laughs> the second one, there's nothing except a big giant, you know, skull thingy, which is really annoying, a floating skull. And this thing, uh, 
<laughs> Praise be to God, I was able to get a red magic jar out of the statue. Thank you, Lord, for that, because you're going to need every one of those as you progress through this level. Every friggin' one of them. And I believe you do want to continue to the right. At least that's where I'm going to keep going. Again, more flamethrower guys and such. Oh, God. If you can avoid them, avoid them. If you can't, you can't. That kind of thing. But you can also kind of glitch them off the screen as well in some some cases. Uh, but there's a lot of double trouble issues that pop up in the next screen as well where you get the floating dragon Medusa head thingies that are really annoying and they come out of the pits of you know where. They, they really do. Like, they're the worst. I hope I'm doing this right and I think I am. <laughs> eventually you're going to wind up falling much later into where, which will be the final area. It's just crazy to think even the slimes here are stronger. Like, even the slimes, you realize you're hitting the slime twice. And then you start getting the blue uh, swordsman, sword, you know, flaw, jumping swordsman versus the red ones. That's when you know you're in real big trouble. Avoid, avoid. Don't even bother trying to fight him. He's going to kill you. He will kill you. And uh, just like he likes to do. And when you see the curtains above you, that's, unfortunately, you're not at the end of the uh, level. No, <laughs> it's you're not quite there yet. It'd be nice if you were, but uh, no, no, it's, uh, hold off in the celebration. Like, oh my God, I made it to the end. No, when you get to the end, you'll definitely know it. Um, definitely. Yeah, uh, more swordsmen and such. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm having a crappy feeling like I'm going the wrong way, but let's all find out in a minute. 99% sure I'm going the right way, but that's how this game, that's all this level is, and that's why maps come in extremely handy, should you, uh, you know, be fortunate to uh, have the internet and use it, right? Well, that's where we're all fortunate in this day and age uh, to have that, so, and also to have red jars as well, because they are a godsend to any Zelda 2 guy trying to play this game and accomplish something uh, phenomenal and actually beat Zelda 2. And I absolutely am going the right way because this is like a double level, like where you could go down with the ladder. Go down both levels till the end. This time, instead of going right, go to the left. As we're getting extremely close to the end of the level already, if you can believe it. You could get lost here and be here forever and ever and ever and lose all your lives. But if you ha if you know where you're going or you have a map, uh, you're good to go. And then once you get to the blocks on the ground, you notice blocks on the ground, you know you're absolutely in the right place. Beat him up, beat him up until you get closer and closer to the left. You can fall through. You can fall through, you know, the invisible floor, so to speak. You know, the floor that's, yeah, it's, well, a false floor. Head to the right as you are nearing very close to the end of the game now. Unfortunately, you're going to run into a gigantic slime coming out of the ceiling, which is real cute. Just, just go. Don't even waste your time. Walk across the uh, disintegrating bridge, so to speak. You know, that's a little tiny skinny uh, thing to fall into. Fall into it. Congratulations, you're in the final area of the game. If you want to, a save state. If you don't want to save state, oh well, you know, it's up to you. It's up to you, your choice, your this, your that. Um, but you're there, and I guess there's a, there is a potential uh, red jar up uh, uh, in if you go to the left first before you head to Thunderbird, and you want to try to get that. And thankfully it is there, so you can fill up everything and be ready to rock and roll. Otherwise, uh, yeah, <laughs> man, it's exciting, exciting times, isn't it?
the adrenaline is flowing through me like it probably is you as well. Full power, full everything, and ready to take on the Thunderbird, who I think is even harder than frickin' uh, Link, uh, you know, Link's Shadow, whatever, Dark Link. Well, because the worst part about the Thunderbird is guess what? what? What's the worst part about the Thunderbird? You can't even damage the SOB until you cast Thunder, which takes up a ton of your magic, which really sucks. So, and you have to have Jump. Well, I mean, you can maybe beat him without it, but I would strongly recommend having it. That's then you, you can jump up and hit him in the head. It's the only way to get Thunderbird. And, uh, well, it's kind of up to you and your wits and your abilities to beat this son of a gun. The only way to do it is to bleep and do it, as the AVGN would say. Obviously, just avoid the fire and kind of jump and hack away at the head. Uh, it's that simple, but, yeah, it's not simple, is it? It's, it's hard. Let me tell you, watch your life meter. Every time he hits you, you lose like maybe a quarter of your power. It's freaking ridiculous. So watch your life meter. Uh, if you're all full and everything, which you should be, you should be able to cast Thunder first and have the ability to cast Life twice. And of course, you need to have Jump. So Jump and two Life. And of course, Thunder. That's, yeah. So again, watch your life meter. You have at least two opportunities to fill it. And when you get your timing right and you beat Thunderbird, oh, it feels like a hundred million dollars it really does um odds are you're probably better off you know gonna kill yourself and then fill up because thunderbird will still be dead but if you want to give it a, a chance you can beat dark link even with your low power that you have left it's possible but uh there is a trick there's a glitch you could use it if you just want to win the game a cheap way walk all the way to the left squat down and hack away and you'll, he'll never hit you and you'll hit him every time otherwise you want to be squatted down the whole time you're fighting him him being dark link squatted down the whole time hacking away hacking away hacking away and every time he jumps maybe try to like again you know move towards him while squatting you know kind of move and then squat again and hack that's basically the way to beat him if you want to do it the classic way if you want to cheat and go to the side and hack away at the left and win in five seconds you can do that too it's up to you your choice your preference as to who the little old man is at the top with the Chrysler Triforce of Courage I have no idea it's never actually told who he is so I don't know it's just I guess he's like the final guardian or something but I don't know who he is but he creates Dark Link and uh Bada bing, bada boom.
again, the good news is Thunderbird is already dead, so you can come back with full magic, full uh, life, because you're probably not going to beat it on your first try. Cast Shield. Cast Shield. Oh, Cast Shield, because every time it hits you, it causes a lot of damage. So have Shield. You you have the red armor, so you have double defense, so to speak. And you should be able to cast life at least twice. So, good. You don't have to blow thunder and screw that up. But, yes, cast shield. You might even be able to use life a third time. I don't think so. I think it's just twice, yeah. So, at least you'll have that ability. Hack away, hack away, and uh, give it everything you got. And when you do beat him, oh my goodness. What a wonderful feeling. You have the Triforce of Courage. There's the old man. He presents it to you. So, he does come back. He doesn't disappear. You still don't know who he is. But, uh, thank you. Praise the Lord and all that good stuff. You got the Triforce of Courage. And for the first time ever in Zelda, this is where you first see the three Triforces together. Courage, Wisdom, and Power. Princess Zelda is revived, or, you know, brought back, whatever, wakes up again, so to speak, from her coma. And, uh, well, the curtain drops. She gives you a kiss. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the ending.
and then things wrap up with thanks a million push start to replay well i'm not sure i'm going to be replaying it but yeah you can so now i'm curious uh did i press start okay uh it's only seven times that's not too bad but yeah but you know i'll leave that alone as to what happened but yeah cool uh i beat it i have a triforce next to me now that means i beat the game beating this game is definitely not the uh, easiest thing in the world uh it does help to have a map and everything but way back in the day as well yeah i had the uh, nes uh atlas so that was the first player's guide i ever had you do kind of have to figure out where you're going but eventually it's like okay i get it now so now we'll go to uh, at VGF underscore podcast, at VGF underscore podcast to hear what people had to say about Zelda 2. About Zelda 2. Very, very uh, obviously a classic game that we grew up with. Uh, platforming, <laughs> platforming Zelda game, which I believe is the only of its kind, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to hear from Derek Pralska here. But first, I want to say thank you to Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent episode. I believe Derek retweeted it as well. Yes, he did. And, uh, yep, Derek also retweeted it. Derek coming in out of western Wisconsin. Again, a teacher there. And also defensive line coach. He is from Minnesota, like I am, but uh, lives there and works there and all that. Um, Again, thank you, Vince Germano and Derek, for retweeting the most recent episode, VGF Episode 12, Secret of Evermore SNES Part 2. This is VGF Episode 13, Zelda 2 NES. Yep, there's only one part, which I think is okay. Um, What Derek had to say is, this game was kind of intimidating to me. I remember people saying it was hard and that you really needed to have a map to know where to go and where to find items that you needed. And you go and find a woman to give you life. I watched live stream of this game, part one. Yep, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, everything you said is true. It is extremely hard, and yes, it is good to have a map. It's kind of a Nintendo Power slash NES Atlas type of game. Um, the palaces could get confusing and difficult. Eventually, you kind of get it. Uh, maybe you use a map the first time, and you kind of remember, depending on how often you play the game. If it's once every five years, it might be a little tough. If it's once every five months, maybe you'll remember, but... It's up to you how often you play it and if you ever play it. It is very tough. Uh, it is very, very tough. But even Zelda 1 can be hard, on, on the, uh, especially in the uh, second quest. It gets ridiculous where you definitely need a map for that one as well with the one-way invisible like doors, so to speak. Oh, my God, that's ridiculous. How it's like, oh, it's a wall you can walk through. Well, you can walk through on this side, but not from that side. It's like one way. It's, oh, my God, it's ridiculous. So, yep, there's that. But, uh, no, great thoughts and... Uh, it is intimidating. Uh, at first, I thought it was cool, though, and I've always liked the music. I think the music in the game is great. Uh, the Japanese version is a little more enjoyable, but this one wasn't too bad in terms of you can still get enough, uh, you can still fill up enough lives that you should be okay. Uh, as long as you get past the bleeping Thunderbird, you should have a real chance of winning the game. Once you kind of get the whole rhythm down of beating the Thunderbird, just kind of jumping and hacking and jumping and hacking while walking around, avoiding the uh, fire that he, that he drops down on you. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, the shadow, there's a little bit of luck, but eh, you, you can do it. You're, you're going to get hit. You are going to get hit. So don't let that uh, discourage you. You're going to get hit and you're going to get hit a lot. But that, that's why you need the shield. Uh, use the shield spell and then have the two life spells to kind of keep refilling yourself while you're able to. Keep hacking away. Keep hacking away. And as he jumps, uh, if he's relatively, if he's close enough to you, you know, turn and get him. That's basically, it's that simple. If he jumps up straight, he's very beatable, very vulnerable. The uh, Dark Link or Link Shadow, that type of thing. But uh, 
definitely an entertaining game. Definitely something I've enjoyed very much, and it's a great pleasure to have played this game, and a great, 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 great pleasure to have done this uh, game review for you out there, for Derek, uh, for Vince, for anybody else that really cares about these retro games and really enjoys this show. Just thank you so much for all of you that have listened to this show and have listened, uh, you know, and have maybe have told a friend or two. Please continue to do that. <laughs> greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you could, listen to it on Spotify. Download and listen to it on Spotify. It helps the growth of the show. If you prefer a different uh, app like Apple Podcasts, which is a big one, obviously, that's probably number one for every podcast on the planet is uh, Apple Podcasts. But there's others like, you know, Double Twist and such. But if you can listen to it on Spotify, it will help the growth of the show potentially in the future. Yeah, not immediately, but it builds up, adds up to finally getting to that magic number that is needed to get uh, this show moving in the right direction. God willing. I hope you don't mind the new logo. Hope you like it. It's kind of like a temporary update. We'll see if I get something better at some point. Um, Derek mentioned that the, the font is kind of weak. For some, you know, but uh, this one's straight off of the Spotify for podcasters. If I, if somebody could help me out, maybe with a more video gamey looking font, like an uh, NES or arcade game font style, like you might see on Galaga or even like Zelda, like I'm looking at right now on the screen, uh, a font like that would be would be better. Yes, absolutely. But unfortunately, Spotify for podcasters doesn't have that font. So if anybody is willing to help me out with that, uh, please let me know. Sorry for my ineptness when it comes to that type of thing, but. Um, you know, as long as I have access to something, then yeah, maybe I will have a chance at it. But uh, thank you again. I really do enjoy playing this game. It can be really nerve-wracking in the end and really difficult, but luckily I am a veteran of it. Uh, the first time I beat this, I was incredibly emotional. I was almost crying. I was so I was so happy. I was so happy considering how hard it is. And even just getting to Link's Shadow, it's like, oh my God, I'm at Link's Shadow. What an incredible, incredible feeling. Like the the, the toughest boss ever. He is really tough. There is a glitch, though, where you could beat him without even getting hit and just, you know, and all that. But who, who wants to do that? That That's, you know, it makes the game too easy then. The challenge is the fun of it, isn't it? So it's, it's, it's an option if you just say, screw it, I just want to end this and move on. If, say, you're just not, not getting into the right rhythm to knock him out, uh, it's all up to you. Well, I've babbled enough. This was a nice, long, fun episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do tell your friends. Retweet it on uh, Twitter and all that. I'm, I'm thinking of creating a Facebook page as well, but we'll see. I, I, I probably should. There's a lot of video game stuff all over Facebook, so maybe. <laughs> the problem with the growth of this show is it's like a tiny little plant growing up around big, uh, up, up around a bunch of weeds and and Grand Sequoias out there, like the <laughs> the Atari Game by Game podcast. That's more like a Grand Sequoia, not a weed. It's a mammoth, mammoth tree. So uh, we like to get a little sunlight on this show and get it growing as well. Before I sign off for today, the next game will be Dragon Warrior 1, the original Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest 1 from Enix. Enix. Dragon Warrior 1 came out in 1986 in Japan, 1989 in the U.S. It was the first kind of turn-based RPG, really, uh, the first, like, really familiar, well-known turn-based RPG to come to the United States and on the NES. It was a very exciting time, and uh, it came with a lot of Nintendo Power subscriptions. That's why it's super common and why it was uh, very cheap at Funko Land, even well into the, the late 90s, where the other three Dragon Warriors are insanely expensive on eBay, and they were insanely expensive at Funko Land, 40 50 bucks oftentimes, um, for one NES game at Funko Land. I'm telling the truth here. 
Dragon Warrior 2 was slightly cheaper, like 30, 40. The others were like 50, 60, and God knows what else. Uh, where Dragon Warrior 1 was about $3.50 back in the day. I'm sure it's gone up in value, and we'll talk about that some more going forward. Zelda 2 is definitely an attainable game. Not overly expensive, necessarily, but uh, certainly something that you can have, yeah, something I obviously recommend. And of course, if you, you know, if you can have it on your uh, NES Classic or anything like that with HDMI, I mean, enjoy. <laughs> Go ahead and enjoy. But again, Dragon Warrior will be the next game. And until next time, game on, everybody. Music